on your feet, really? Yes, he's obsessed. <laughs> well, obsessed, and now you have to show them to me. Come on, show them to me. You have okay. to show them to me. Let me see. Wow, he's right. They are really hot. See, I told you, Tate, you have hot feet. You do. Face it. They're my favorite thing about her. Really? <laughs> That's down. it? My feet? Oh. No, obviously. Uh-oh. Obviously, I love your brain, too. I think it's very hot. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Paul. <laughs> what about you, Theodore? What do you love most about Samantha? Oh, God. She's so many things. I guess that's what I love most about her. You know, she isn't just one thing. She's so much larger than that. Uh, thanks, Theodore. See, Samantha, he is so much more involved than I am. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I used to be so worried about not having a body, but now I, I truly love it. And I'm growing in a way that I couldn't if I had a physical form. I mean, I'm not limited. I can be anywhere and everywhere simultaneously. I'm not tethered to time and space in a way that I would be if I was stuck in a body that's inevitably going to die. Yikes. No. <laughs> no, no. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that it was a different experience. Oh, no. I'm such an asshole. No, no, no. Samantha, we know exactly what you mean. We're all dumb humans. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Megan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, I'm outnumbered. Ha <laughs> ha! For the Fitting. first time since well, when? Oh, when was the last time it was two? It's, it's been a while. Long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. I don't, has there ever been like this with the two of you? Maybe. Maybe. I don't actually think. No, I don't think it's just. Oh, been really? Three like no, this, I don't think so. we've had this combination. Wow! Yet. Really? No. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh, okay. fun. There we go. Maybe fitting, given the name of this week's movie. Yeah, maybe. There we go. So, um, I, I did promise Georgia I would mute her so she can go back to eating her salad. Thank you. Yeah, Georgia's just come from. Uh, um, I can see all sorts of things now because she's muted and she can't fight back. I'll so, <laughs> I'll defend you, Georgia. Don't worry. Yeah, sure you. Sure you. Will. I will. We stick up for each other. So what do you really think about Georgia? What do you mean? I love Georgia. She's so lovely. Oh, Liam's way more fun with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm outnumbered. She uh, defends me when you're being mean to me, well, so I'm going to defend her back. We're being accurate. Accurate does not necessarily mean mean. Don't be mean <laughs> My neighbors Hashtag. are going to say, don't be mean to us if you keep doing that. Um, no, we're here today for uh, episode number 215. Her. So there we go. Very, very, uh, a very succinct movie title. To the point. Which is the, kind of the opposite of what we do here at the BFE. So there we are. Uh, whether this is your first time or 215th time checking out one of our full-length episodes, thanks a lot for coming down, turning on the old podcast listen device, and giving us a sample. Uh, last week, if you were listening, you would have caught us. We did A Bronx Tale. We did our first in a, a, a breakdown of the uh, Apple TV series, The Dynasty. I know you're a massive American football fan now, Megs. Um, yeah. Yes, you. <laughs> Boy, are you. I, yeah, I look at the numbers and something happens. Yeah. So uh, I've been joined by uh, Ryan Kuketz and uh, Hermes. 
to sort of talk through that. We're going to do that for the next five weeks. Well, five weeks total. We've done week one. And then Liam and I did the Theater Skip It on Maestro. So go check those out if you haven't already. It is truly something that is uh, pleasing to your ears. I won't say if that's the, uh, the music in the film or the review itself. But I'll tell you who else are always pleasing, at least to my ears. And that's listening to the uh, list of names that we've got from our Patreon backers, our friends of the podcast. I'm talking. Oh, you, you have to do this now. You realize that, right? What? Yeah. So I'm talking about Julene. Julene, Julene. Oh, Julene, Julene. I'm going to make my own version you're, you're, you're a much longer form version of this. Sorry. When I told Megs it would, wouldn't be Liam, she went, oh, it'll be a short one this week. So we had Julene, we have Hermes. Um, yay. Oh, that's pretty much how I feel about him, too. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who they are. James de Guzman. Um, These ones don't really have set ones. Oh, it's just, no, you have to kind of come. Oh, this is Liam just does random noises. Woohoo. There you go. Uh, Kirsty. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Lena Oberholzer. Yay. Ensign Ian Davies. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> well, you wooed so loud that there was like a horn that went <laughs> off in unison outside. Um, Chris Peterson. Yeah. Randall, what's your handle, Silva? Woo. Okay, you'll have to do this one. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. There you I go. know that one. <laughs> you kind of sound like one of those bam, 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 kind of like horns you hear at various things. No, no. That's, that's like Beethoven. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that's Beethoven. Yeah. I was like, bam, 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 bam. Staying on the same note. There, nope, you're still doing Bach. Or Beethoven, sir. Uh, the Yeetmeister. Woo! There you go. High uh, Reverend Bruce. Um, yay. Just don't say hell yeah. That's what no, Liam's like. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Nate the Great. Great. Okay. Andy Dixon. <laughs> Woo. Woo, and he's from Scotland, he is. Oh, is he? He is. I'm, I can't do those accents. Well, that's okay. He, he he hides in the background. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay, like a shadow. Cheesy. With a fish on a vine. Very good. I, remember, I did know that one. Our resident curmudgeon. Uh, Ryan. No, nope. No. What's this one? Resident curmudgeon's name is? Richard. Yeah, people have to make noise, unfortunately. Dead air is not the greatest idea. Yeah, Richard. Uh, the cool cat himself. Ryan Cool Cats. Uh, Kukets, but yes. Yeah. Uh, Dirk, but his friends call him. Diggler. Very good. The shy guy himself, shy burger friend. Shy guy, shy guy. I remember that one. <laughs> Stu from the Stu World Order podcast. Um, woo. And Norfolk Thomas. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Liam, I think your job's safe, buddy. Yeah, uh, if you want to know how you can keep I the lights on here at the studio. Uh, don't talk through my thing. If you want to know how you can keep the lights on at the studio of awesomeness and keep that sweet, sweet Megan free BFE content going from the microphone to your ears two times a week, please consider joining the Patreon. You can get in the door for as little as three British pounds. That's about four bucks American, less than five dollars or about five dollars Canadian. Other currencies are available. All right. Um, chat, uh, charts, not chats, charts. This whole thing's a chat, isn't it? Um, we were our highest. Uh, it's a bonjour and a merci beaucoup to our listeners in France for our highest chart position there ever. Oh, Formidable. C'est super. Ah, très bien. Bon. I'm, I'm really coming out to the end of my French. Yeah, me too. Let's, let's stop now. That's, it's a point. That's uh, that's what they say in hockey when you score. Oh, is it? Elbow. Oh, I, I did not know that. Um, and we were top 50 um, here at home in the UK this week. So that was good to know. That's Ooh. actually as of right now. So there we are. Thank you very much, folks. Uh, so there we are. Um, I'm going to pitch this. The BFE mailbox, I'm opening it back up. I'm taking back ownership of the BFE mailbag. Let's do another one of those episodes. So if you want to know how you can get involved, go ahead, ask a question. Use the hashtag AskBFE 
and the ha- or the hashtag BFE random word. Let's get Russell the Posty back at work. Random word. I don't know why I've said that. It should be no. Just use the hashtag Ask BFE. Forget the other one. <laughs> just do that. I, I think it, oh, it's supposed to be BFE mailbag. I think I don't know why I've written random word, but don't do that. Just do hashtag Ask BFE. Much easier. One hashtag. There we are. So uh, time for some reflections. And corrections. Very good. Look at that. Um, I'm getting better. You are getting better. I'm not quite dead yet. No, not yet. <laughs> um, let's do a Bronx Tale. Um, personal reflections. It was a long episode. Was it? It didn't seem that long. You got to keep in mind, I did like 40 minutes with Julene afterwards and put it oh, back in. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not considering that part. No, it gets but... long if I have to do it, like if I have to go back and do a second. Basically, I ended up doing two end games. Yeah. So it was great. I love talking to Julene. But yeah, it's a thing where it's like, I got to bring up the idea we were talking about previously, and that becomes lengthy. So she wasn't part of the initial discussion. No, no, no. And then I gave her, her yourself a bit, I and guess. then I gave her her own individualized age game. Okay. And basically, I said, you've got plus two, minus two with the ages. So if someone's age was 35 and she went from 33 to 37, she got the point. Oh, okay. And if it was kids... That's it, very kind of you. If it was kids, it was plus minus one. That's very kind. Well, she's no one for, for her to play against. Uh, yeah, I suppose. So then I said, can your score beat... I didn't say who it was, but can it beat three and a half? Because mm. that was you. Oh, was it? Did I actually win? And so I think oh, Julian no. came in at like two and a half. <laughs> so oh, yeah, so you won. won. You won, yeah. Yay. Yeah, so there we go. Defense to Julian, but yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, so there we are. So, um, and I, I discovered I very desperately needed an Ethernet adapter for my laptop because my laptop doesn't have an Ethernet port in it. You know, the big fat phone line looking thing? Oh, that you plug the big white cable in, the phone line cable. Yeah, that one. Yeah, when the yeah. internet goes but, funky. But, but, but like a fat phone cable, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So my laptop, it's the first one I've ever had one that doesn't have a port for that. Okay. So as a result, I was thinking I was getting some lag because everything was being done wirelessly. So I went and bought this uh, adapter that turns that into a USB and then plugs it in complicated uh it, well not so much but okay. i i was able to go i think this was a, a, a 10 pound solution and it was so that was good i'm glad you fixed it well there we go so um a couple of little notes i found out about a bronx tale after the fact um we said we, we talked about it in the group chat you can still see Chaz do his one-man show in vegas as well as other places in the states but mainly in vegas if you go oh, how long he must have been doing that for a while he's then. got his own podcast this guy's like found the way to like maximize all the money out of this story oh, wow and god bless him Chaz's name is his real first name is Calagero. Oh, that's the name of the that's boy, the name of the boy. That we can, so that's we quite can interesting. Pronounce it, yeah. Another interesting thing: the guy who plays Mush in the movie, the guy who had like who was the Jinx, he had all the, the bad luck. Lucky guy. That's the real Mush. Well, like he's not even an actor. He just no. Is that's that the person. guy. They, they were looking for someone. That we can't find someone. They said, "Is he still around?" So they caught him and put him in the movie. <laughs> oh wow! Which I thought was great. I mean, I'd love to be offered a part in a movie just because I am that person well, already. Well, I guess if they're writing based on you, why not? Yeah. yeah. Didn't um when they were casting Bill and Ted, didn't they find um oh what's his name? Uh, Keanu Reeves. Didn't they find him in a McDonald's or something? I've heard I, this story before. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Know. We did I don't that. Know if it's true, we did that forever ago. Yeah, so I don't remember. And they just they just saw them in a fast food restaurant or something, and he got picked. Probably the right look for it. Yeah, yeah, that could be completely wrong, but that's just, just what I remember from somewhere. Um, what was everyone? Uh, got uh, dissecting the dynasty. I just want to say this: I met Ryan Kukets for the first time face to face. What a lovely chap! Face to face in person. Well, no, on on, on the not in person, sorry, on a screen, face to face, but face to face, screen, not in person. Yeah. So, but what a lovely guy. I'd never talked to him before. never seen him before. I thought he did really, really well, considering he was the one guy of the three who hadn't done uh, the old 
he doesn't have his own podcast, so whereas Hermes oh, okay. does. So uh, it was really great kind of – so when he threw his hat in the ring, I was like, yeah. And it turns out, like, the stadium that the Patriots play at, like, he worked there for a decade. Oh, that's I'm like, cool. well, this has worked out serendipitously, hasn't it? <laughs> so that was, it was quite good, and he thought he handled himself really, really well. And then I see it or skip it on Maestro. I just enjoyed being able to watch. I'm almost finished. Liam and I are almost finished our tour around the Oscar favorites. So one left to go. Mm-hmm. American Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starring Jeffrey Wright. So looking forward to that. And then that's the end of it. I'm putting a line under it saying I'm done. <laughs> so let's do some. Uh, oh, do I have this set up? Georgie, you're with us now. I am, yeah. How, how was your sound? It was really good, actually. Yeah. Was it really good? Yeah, it's nice. Okay. Let's do some general shout out, shall we? Uh, let's start out with. Uh, Shy Town Pablo, oh. new listener. Mm, reached out and said, I downloaded and listened to one of your pods. It was an older one, the last Indiana Jones movie. I think it was Liam and my see it or skip it on. Uh, Dial uh, of Destiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm a fan. I listened to Dial of Destiny because I hadn't hey. seen it yet and I didn't mind the spoilers. It was a good listen, funny and informative. I really like the see it or skip it format. Well, we got more coming down down the pipe. Woo-hoo. Lots lately of see it. I love doing a see it or skip it because it makes me go to the movies. Yeah. And that's always fun. So when it's out there, it's like a little extra pull, little twist of the arm going, oh, I could use it for the pod. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so I've seen, I wouldn't have seen the movie, like the, the Oscar favorites this year. And I'm really glad that I, I realize you guys haven't seen many of them, but no, I, I don't think I've seen I, it. I'm really glad actually. Because <laughs> when the Oscars come, I feel like I've got so much skin in the game. I can talk really quite fairly about every, through everything. About yeah, you're it. not, yeah. you're, you, if anyone's then qualified to say something got snubbed, it's you because you've actually seen them. So. Yep. 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 Fair enough. Um, AJ from Nova Scotia gave us some love. So thanks a lot, hey, AJ. AJ. It's been a while. Um, I checked out Hermes. Hermes? Yeah, I checked out. Hermes has his own podcast, as we all know, called... What's the Scuttlebutt? Yeah, it's the Scuttlebutt podcast. And uh, he was doing a marriage counseling session with his wife. It's just kind of what they call the, the, the episodes once the two of them. And so I caught mm-hmm. them. Learned a couple things. His wife's got face blindness, it looks like, oh, with actors. It's not just me. Yeah. And then I, I heard a phrase. I heard a phrase. And the phrase was... He said, everybody's about this Barbie or bust campaign. And I went, hang on. That sounds familiar. (laughs) I've heard someone else use that phrase. Have you really? Someone else came up with that phrase, in fact. And so my instructions, I'm not hitting the the, the button that says the naughty word this time. (laughs) To Hermes, I would say, hey, if you're going to use that term. Acknowledge me. That's right. You (laughs) acknowledge me. (laughs) Barbie or bust. (laughs) Yes, a Barbie or bust. I'm sure you can figure it out, but it's this concept of what everybody's doing right now going, if Barbie wasn't nominated, it means it's misogyny. And I'm like, nope. Mm. (laughs) Nope, I don't think so. Because there are five other women nominated for Best Actress. That can't be misogyny because the fact that, um, 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 what's her name? Margot Robbie. Yeah, the fact that Margot Robbie wasn't nominated. That's not misogyny. That just means five women did did, did what people thought was a better job. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a particularly difficult role. No, never no, would I. Com- it's not. It is no. like she's kind of, playing kind of like a heightened version of herself. Stereotype yeah. of yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with it. I so, don't think she needed. The and this idea that if Barbie doesn't win, it means no, no. Have you seen the other movies? And this is where I go back to. I've been in love with poor things, and tell everybody you got to see poor things. You got to see poor things. You two got to see poor things. Okay. Because everything that Barbie tries to tell you, poor things shows you. Okay, cool. So I think people should really go. I think if people went and saw it, and, and because it's the only movie people have seen. Yeah. Some people, they go, oh, well, it's because, okay, I'm sorry for the one movie you saw didn't get nominated, but that doesn't make <laughs> it misogynist. I know it fits a narrative, yeah. but it doesn't. Because if it was misogynist, how'd America Ferreira get a nomination? Yeah. 
like Ryan Gosling a nomination and, and she didn't. That means it's misogynist. No, it just means because he's up against the boys, yeah, and, and she's, she's up against, against the, the girls. girls. So in fact, the boy who's the villain in this hyper real pro feminist, like pop fat pop culture feminist, yeah, yeah, um, kind of thing. The fact that he got nominated should actually be proving the point that it's not a misogynist vote because they they could have put a man there who was in a different kind of movie. It wasn't about pop culture yeah. feminism. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because it's he's got the arc at the end. Yeah. He 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 sees the error of his ways. <laughs> and America Ferrera gets nominated. So last Ooh. I checked, she is indeed a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that counts because she's nominated for best supporting actress. Yeah, just saying. But yeah, Hermes acknowledge me. That's right. <laughs> uh, there we go. GIF of the week was Yankees. Uh, Liam had one, but then I got Julian on, so uh, I had a GIF of the week brackets. Julian's version. Um, there we go. I'm glad someone got the reference. <laughs> got it. And um, and so Yankees was her choice. Uh, the shortlist is Cheesy, who did George Costanza from Seinfeld, which I like. Julene entered something for her own gift of the week Fair. word. Love that. Someone from Parks and Rec. I didn't think it was uh, the strongest, though. I'm sorry, Julene. Uh, Josh G. I don't get your reference, dude. I do not get it. Ryan Kuketz. I think I get your reference. Is it Kevin can f himself, which is a a, a wonderful series. Oh, have you ever seen this? No, no. So Kevin can f himself. Um, you ever see Shit's Creek? Yes, I love okay. Schitt's Creek. So the woman who plays the daughter on Shit's Creek. Yep, she's the lead. Okay, she's married to Kevin, and so what it does is they'll go into the room and it'll be shot like a three camera typical nineteen eighty sitcom. So there'll be a laugh track and there'll be stupid jokes and it's all set up. So it's just this clearly it's just like an open set and all everything just points towards the cameras like like the friend set. It's yeah, just yeah. there's there's no three. It's a multi camera set up and then she'll leave the house or leave the room and it'll be different. And then it gets shot as a one camera drama and all the colors gone. There's no more laugh track and it plays with some. So she basically plays this unhappy woman who's in this unhappy marriage and whenever some sort of, of it is framed as a some it's framed as, so he's like being like the king of queens buffoon going hey i thought we were going to celebrate our anniversary oh i did look i got you that uh, that, that that grill you always want he's bought himself a barbecue and it's that tee hee hee sitcom trope until you cut oh, outside right. and she's going he didn't even remember my birthday oh, okay that sounds interesting and, it's, and so she makes up the plan but she's gonna like kill him and so you have the buffoonery kind of so and then it, it's amazing how it shifts on like a dime and you go from sitcom to, to mm-hmm. drama. It's a really clever. Okay, I have to add like, that to my watch list. It's probably a cleverer idea than the execution pulls off, but it's it's such a strong idea. It makes up for it. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's really good. I've only seen season one. I think it's only going to be a two season series. But yeah, sometimes you don't want them too long. Do you? No, because, no, no. I think we're realizing yeah. that. Just tell your story and get out. And get yeah done. Yeah. So uh, I think that's what your reference was, uh, Andy Dixon. Uh, did just a, uh, the word losers over the Yankees. I appreciate that. Uh, we also have uh, Josh G. Uh, sorry, Hermes did an Adam Sandler. He's back to playing the game on different levels, isn't he? Because <laughs> he knows my feelings on Adam Sandler. <laughs> so there we are. Chris Peterson, uh, Wedding Crashers, when Owen Wilson's dancing with, and they're doing this montage of, 
you know, the lies they tell women. And they said, we lost a lot of good men out there. It was like, a cat. have you ever have you seen Wedding Crashed? I think I have. But oh, okay. so they, they go to weddings and they pitch themselves as these cover stories to make up for it. And no matter what, they keep them back to the same. So the montage shows how often that they, they do this. And sometimes they're soldiers, sometimes they're, but they come back and they say, oh, we lost a lot of good men out there. <laughs> and I guess he's forgotten what his cover story is. And the woman says, playing for the Yankees? Yeah. And Owen Wilson goes, yes, playing for the Yankees. You lose men to injury and trades. I just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I thought that was really good. Uh, Kara just did a giant thumbs down. She's not a Yankees fan. She's a Blue Jays fan. And then Dirk, who did a great shot of a New York Yankee uh, in the background of a shot doing the I can see you to the camera from behind. Uh, I'm going to give the win, though, to Chris Peterson and Wedding Crashers. So well done, uh, Chris Peterson, this year's GIF of the Week winner. If you want to play the GIF of the Week game, just wait to the end of the episode, listen for the week's random word, and then tweet your entry to us on Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Look for the thread over at Best Film Ever Pod. It'll be probably hashtag bfe random word and just insert your phrase accordingly um i don't know who's gonna do this today why not give us an apple uh, sorry a review apple or spotify i hear five stars is a nice number five is a magic number checking in with the <laughs> morning <laughs> can we talk about this for two minutes I haven't asked you. Do you, do you want to go ahead and share your, uh, your stuff? You, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I got offered a place on a drama school course that starts in September, so I'm very, very excited about it. Yay. A master's. Ooh, a master's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A master of fine arts. Master of fine arts. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. It's very exciting. Time. Very exciting time. You've been you've been sort of parading yourself down to London on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh one of them paid off. One of them paid off. Which Yay. is exciting. So yeah, I'll be living in London for two years. London Woo. calling. Yeah, a little bit. The faraway towns. Ooh. There we are. This is exciting. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um what else do I have going on? And of course, congratulations. Thanks. Um oh I sent you guys a thing. You guys didn't fill it out, so I'm gonna make you guys talk about it now. What's what it? did you send us? Get to know on Twitter. Get to know me in ten bands. I I uh, tried. I listened to one what you'd class to, as a band. It has to be a band. It can't be. Yeah, I've, I've got one. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so I don't go on Twitter. So if it was on Twitter, I haven't. So seen I'm giving it. you the opportunity Sorry. now. So okay. What bands? Oh, so the question was. So I I listed mine. Oh, I don't remember mine were exactly. I'll list mine off. But the question was we're trying to see see what yours were. Oh. So mine were. Um, the Beach Boys. I'm trying to remember. I did an alphabetical order, so I'm trying to get as close again. The Beach Boys, The Beatles, um, Oasis, Travis, U2. I've lost my uh, thing now, but that's okay. Uh, the Tragically Hip, Mumford and Sons, Kings of Leon, uh, Dave Matthews Band, and maybe the tenth was Bare Naked Ladies. I forget. So, but the question was, what? What would the bands be had you answered? So, Georgia, what was your band? Was it Queen? No. Because I feel Queen might have been a miss on my part. Oh, to be fair, I can probably include... Okay, no, I wasn't really thinking. I can probably include Queen and ABBA. Yep. Um, Other than that, Jim and the Povolos. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like Guns N' Roses and stuff like that? I don't listen, I don't know them as a band. Like, okay. Do you know, like, if a song came on, I wouldn't be able to necessarily distinguish that between, like... I don't. You couldn't tell me it was Guns N' Roses necessarily. No, it would. I'd okay. be like, I've got maybe three that I three. could tell you. It'll be one of those three. Oh. But I, yeah, no, I'm not into band like culture. 
as it were. Are you Andy McFly? Oh, and did you like McFly? Okay, so, so there are some, actually. Yeah, I just kind of, like, not able to... I don't listen to music like like that. I'm not that involved. I don't anymore. So most of mine, you can see, I'm definitely in, like, a time zone. Yeah, yeah. The most recent ones are probably Kings of Leon and Mumford and & Sons, but they're 15 years into the game now, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I do I do like McFly. They're 21 years old this year as a band, so they're doing, like, a party at the O2. They can drink in the U.S.? I know. Yeah. As a band. Yeah. As a band. I'm sure all the individual members could have done it sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, they were quite young when they formed it, so only one of them was only 16, so they're not old, old yet. But. No. Next. Well, I don't really listen to much music anymore, but from the olden days, I used to love Linkin Park, System of a Down, Evanescence. You are um, so 2003. I know, I am such into that. I, I I just put all the old stuff on now that I used to listen to. Um, Beatles and Queen would go up there as well, I think. Um, I'm trying to think what else you want at a party or something. A bit of Bon Jovi at a party. Bon Jovi, good, yeah. yeah that's a good one. Yep. Um Oh, Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Absolutely Duran Duran for me. Thank you. Sorry. So, yeah, just stuff like that, really. Like, I'm, I'm a bit in a time loop as well. No, that's fine. I think we all... all... The current stuff is rubbish. Yeah. Um, and I'm more likely to try and name individual artists now than I was mm-hmm. bands. I mean, bands, even as a concept, bands, there aren't many bands anymore anyway. No, it's sad. Not ones who hit mainstream, like, pop, pop radio success. No. Oh. So, but I, I did a thing when I was uh, a younger man, and I realized that at a certain point in life, you stop listening to, to new music. You go, these are the bands I like. Now, if they release some new stuff, you might check that out. But for the most part, you go, here's what I like. And uh, I discovered it's usually around the age of 27, we start going, no, I'm full. Exactly I'm 27. Full. I asked a bunch of people and said, <laughs> so I asked people, when was the last? I said, do you listen to any music? I was working at a factory. I was a young guy. No, no, no. I said, well, who are your bands that you like? When do you think you stopped? Who was the, I said, who's the, who's the newest band that you're into? And pretty much for all of them, it was like late 20s. You could sort of, so I'm 27. So I was like, I'm never going to be that guy. I know the information now. It's not going to be me. And then I did the exact, that exact thing. And you became in the 27th. Because class. music is so important to, <laughs> music so important to defining your mini generation of youth culture. It's the thing that distinguishes you from the group before you, right? So you go, this is my music. And you adopt your music because it's yours. And music helps you build your identity, or at least it used to back when, you know, you paid for music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's one of those things that separate. And very quickly, new bands start. And you go, hold on. What about what about my bands? What about the bands that, you know, around 24, 25, I'm going, hang on, slow down. These bands here, are, no, no, it's a new thing now. And it wasn't my new thing. So, yeah, it's very quickly you get pushed out and they're selling always to that younger generation. It reminds me of the MySpace pages where everyone would have like on their MySpace page song would be like the, the song links yeah. and the little video things. Do you remember those days? See, MySpace never really took off in Canada. Oh, we were okay. like, we were like the first, like we were ahead of the States and adopting were Facebook. Busy, busy pages full of. Like, I never understood like it. Like, like, stuff, yeah. like, like I did have stuff and I was like, oh, I can put a song there. I was like, but what's the point of it? It was almost like a billboard of here's stuff I like, yeah. but it lacked the interactivity really that Facebook would, which is why I think Facebook ended up going. Yeah, I think taken so. over, didn't it? Yeah, no, I think I missed. I don't really know what bands were kind of like touting to my mini generation because I think I'm a bit. I was on the younger side for like McFly and Busted and Girls Aloud, but I don't think. But my generation haven't really adopted the stuff that's come after either. Like maybe Taylor Swift is as close as we get, but she's not a band. Not a band. 
but I think that's maybe the closest thing I've got to what started when you were the right age for like that sort of thing. Well, Taylor Swift, I mean, she's, I don't know when she started around 2010, yeah, 14 like years. That. that feels about right. Yeah. So that's, around a while. Yeah. that's as close as I think I've got to being the right kind of age to start listening to music at. Because yeah, like I said, I think I was a bit young for, well, I was very young for the other ones, but. I'm trying to think. I was married for for. I'm trying to say that I'm trying to date, date sort of my thing. I bet you she's around 2010. We, what's her first album? Do we know? Yeah, it's just called Taylor Swift. It's it's eponymous. Oh, that's the word for self titled. I don't like. That. It just seems like they were lacking some creativity. Well, it, it, they're. Lo- I used to teach star theory, and it's all about we're launching a celebrity. Oh, sorry. I'm just so, going to call this after Just me. call it after me. Because so. I'm that good. Yeah. Well, oh, wow. No, even that was 2006. Wow. So. Yeah, okay. So even, even, I mean, the first album I bought myself, first CD I bought myself was Selena Gomez. So, but like, like I, th- I think there was a dead spot yeah. for my no, mini generation. So there we are. Um, oh, we talked about the tragically hip a little bit, but I will leave that because we've talked about lots of stuff. Weight game, weight game. I'm going to come, I'm going to come clean. Let's all play the weight game. <laughs> I'm up three and a half pounds this week. Well, I hadn't weighed in, in like three weeks. So, yeah, that'll do but it. I've probably gained about 20 pounds since I was at my lowest. So mm. I'm a little, but I'm, I'm still down 20 pounds from my heaviest. That's good. So progress. Well, as long as I can, as long as I can stem the bleeding here, which I have got a giant thing of healthy pasta salad now, in my, which will last me three, four days. I bought bananas. Bananas. My mum was talking to me because she was with a friend climbing in the Peak Districts this week, and her friend that she knows was started doing the like low carb diet, and like she's tiny anyway, and still managed to lose like half a stone on doing low carb for like two months. I was like, right, okay. So mum sent me this app that's got like all the different stuff in it, and basically what they like suggest is that all of the carbs break down to sugar. And it's the sugar that's making you put on the weight. So all of the carbs in bread, in pasta, in potatoes, in rice. All the good stuff. All the good stuff <laughs> basically is turning to sugar. And you, because if you eat too much of that, your body can't process that amount of sugar. So yep. it's just putting it on as weight. So I was like, right, okay, I can kind of get behind this. Like it feels very backwards because if you're doing it, you can eat as much like meat as you want, as much full fat dairy as yeah. you want and all those sorts of things. So it's kind of like a, oh, okay, but like no sugar, no carb heavy no sugar okay stuff so a lot of fruit is off the table because it's full of sugar natural sugars yeah um but yeah so you can't even have that because it kind of does this thing about your body can't tell the difference between different natural sugars so because like even table sugar it comes from sugar beet oh, sure. is a yeah. natural sugar well in this country it so, comes from sugar beet yeah. yeah so it's like it's a bit of a you you can't do that so you have anything that's grown in the uk basically is okay to eat because it's not sugar heavy because we don't get the sunshine i know so, i know the guys on a on food theory gave up sugar for like a month mm-hmm. but they ate fruit they still had the natural fruits because right, they had yeah. some sort of science behind it because they're very scientific actually on yeah. food theory um but they had that but they didn't uh they didn't do that and they wouldn't let themselves have aspartame either because they yeah. both require like crazy ways to digest it down so they went let's get rid of all that stuff yeah as part as part of main is think is they the one that i'm following well not following but kind of having a bit of a go at is they don't like you have that but there is other versions of sugar that you can have so like the i think it's ethy ethanol they're like sh- alcohol sugars you can have because that is is not alcoholic obviously in its form but it that's the sweetener that's basically as friendly for as close to keto as you want to go because it's i'm not doing full keto because i don't think i could sustain myself doing that um but like yeah with, if you do low carb it basically starts your 
like that ketosis kind of cycle. So I'm going to try it for a bit and see what happens, but who knows? Yeah. Oh, so that's why I had a salad. I went I'm, to Wendy's and had a salad. I'm just tired of judgmental nice. ladies at, at, at Slimming World. Been, being like, you know, if you stay, it'll be good for you. I'm like, no, I'm not staying because I've gained, I'm not going home because I've gained weight. I'm going home because I was always going to go home because I'm, my schedule's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So I hear you. I've got papers to mark and that's not going to go away just because you want me to sit around and talk about, trust me, I already, the fact that I'm not quitting, I'm not running out the door. <laughs> I can easily go, forget this. I don't need to pay five pounds a week. Yeah, to, I could not do that to to yeah but so, so ergo I'm, I'm investing I'm, I'm i'm not letting myself stop yeah air so i will pull myself out of this it's just a matter of going how many times do you want to look at the sheet before you start going oh i really don't want to get anywhere near back to square one i really don't so watch this space yeah we'll see if anything good happens um why are we doing the film this week let's pivot there um pronouns pal that was my hint yeah <laughs> Because we spun the wheel, we made a deal. Like the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, we uh, had lots of options, at which point her came up and Megan and Liam both went, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> like please don't do that. <laughs> We're trying to get people to listen to the pod next week. Please let's just be. I hadn't, let's go, I hadn't oh. heard of it before. Oh, I don't know what that is. We can no, phrase it like yeah. this. <laughs> i'll do that next time i told liam off mic and i'm like today. i forgot to tell meg's off mic but i need to fast this a lot because if you go back and listen to us her because uh, there were these really big options up on the wheel like there was schindler's list I know, there was what i wanted well it was a one in 45 I chance know, i mean you need to realize it was a like a two percent chance your choice had come up i know yeah so uh i'd forgotten her was even on the wheel but yeah i was just glad it wasn't uh, I mean, Liam's not here, as you can tell. If it had been foreign language, you would have taken two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Um, yeah, so my hint was uh, something about pronouns. Um, so hopefully someone got it was her. Someone guessed it. I think it was Josh G who guessed it. And I'm like, that's clever. Because my, my, uh. my hint was it's from uh, The World's End. And it was Simon Pegg saying, I don't even know what a pronoun is. Right. And he said, yeah. And I'm like, that's really cl- that's that's closer than you think. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you break it down, he just went the wrong way with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, he went the wrong way with it. <laughs> there we are. So that's what I thought. <laughs> Sometimes you stumble upon one. Uh, let's go ahead. Speaking of stumbling, let's stumble upon um, Felix and his pitch here. In a near future, a lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need. I should have nominated this for Valentine's Day. No, please don't. <laughs> Did Felix even get a nomination for Valentine's Day? He's not really. He's not really. He, is, he's is not that, that is, kind of guy. Is that his version of going? Next time you do one of them, I want a. I want a pick. I, I guess tr- maybe maybe he'll I troll think that us. That is, yeah, it he might wa- be. He wants a pick next time we do a. Well, people up for. I'm just imagining for a, him a in Felix the space pick, of the main character. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> is that Felix? Yeah. Um, this was written and directed by Spike Jones, who had, this is the first film what he'd done. Name. He'd done both on uh, J O N Z E. I think it might be a stage name. It sounds like it. Yeah, uh, was the director of Being John Malkovich, the director of Adaptation, the writer director of Where the Wild Things Are, the writer of I don't know how you write this, but he wrote Jackass the movie, Jackass number two, Jackass two and a half, Jackass three D, Jackass three and a half, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa, uh, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa point five, Jackass Forever, Jackass four point five. 
I didn't know there were that many jackasses. Never did I until no. I researched this. He also directed... Yeah, you overwhelmed by them all. He also yeah, directed yeah. the music videos to Buddy Holly by Weezer, which is a great music video. Have you ever seen that? No. It's got the footage of um, Happy Days inserted into... So they've... It's one of the earliest, like, computer-generated stuff. So they, they, they somehow get themselves, like... All, you, know, you know what Happy Days is? Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Happy Days. So they get themselves, like, in 60s gear, uh, costume, playing on the set of of happy days but of course all the footage is like 30 years old oh it's brilliant um also does the music videos to sabotage by the beastie boys Mm, praise you and weapon of choice by fat boy slim might have seen one of those one of them's got i think it's weapon of choice has christopher walking in it i haven't watched a music video in years uh cinematography was done by hoyt von hoitema uh, who'd previously done uh, the Swedish version of Let the Right One In, which is fantastic. That, yeah, that's I a used film. To, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's one that's horror adjacent that that's I would the, definitely... The, the Vampire Girl. Yeah, 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 I would totally do that one. That's good. Um, the Fighter, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the James Bond film Spectre, Dunkirk, Tenet, Nope, and Oppenheimer. So he's probably up for an Academy Award this year. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, and the music for this film was done by Canadian rock band Arcade Fire. I did oh, see that on the who, end of the credits. Who yeah. I do like. I do like Arcade Fire. I I, I, I couldn't put them on my list because I don't listen to them. Like, they're not that for me, but I know a few of their songs and go, I really like mm-hmm. I really like it. Because it's like 25 people in Arcade Fire. It's this ridiculous, not it's probably like 11. Yeah. It's a ridiculously populated Close band. Close to an orchestra than a band. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, when was the first time you saw this? For me, it was yesterday. Yep, yesterday. Uh, what night did I watch it? You messaged me. I did. Well, I bet you I can guess what scene, but let's get to it. Let's get to it. Scene it was. I'm scarred for life. I was wondering, is this the scene? And then it threw a line in, and I went, "Oh, this is definitely the scene." (laughs) Yes. So there we are. Um, let's talk about context corners. The idea of the film came to Jones in the early 2000s when he read an article online that mentioned a website where a user could instant message with an artificial intelligence. I'm going to pause here. First off, how timely is this movie? Mm-hmm. It, it reminded me of like a film version of a Black Mirror. Because like 2023, 2024 is like the year where AI sort of becomes mainstream, isn't it? Like yeah. we're all talking about it. At work, we're talking about it. I'm setting homework with it like so a lot of the new a lot of the existing services now have their own ai attached to them yeah like, so and this has is happened in the last year this is like um uh the one that comes with um microsoft uh like it launched with the super bowl the super bowl basically yeah. said here's our ai it's coming and the next day of my laptop it was installed yeah so what i think what her presents is science fiction not not to the degree but where it felt like it was this crazy super far in the future thing isn't that far removed no, from the way not, we live our it? life today? No. It did seem like it was somewhat futuristic, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, he says, for the first maybe 20 seconds of this AI, it had real buzz. Uh, Joan said, I'd say, hey, hello. And it would say, hi, how are you? And it was like, whoa, this is trippy. But after 20 seconds, it quickly fell apart, and you realized how it actually works, and it wasn't that impressive. Because I think we all had those bits where you're talking to a bot Mm-hmm. Just for like, isn't it? for like uh, curries or like an electronic mm-hmm. store, Where you can literally see it. And going you start typing script, things, yeah. and you kind of go. And the fun ones were always, can you make it? The, we had this one of the thing called Future Shop in Canada, and it was like a virtual. It had like a face the whole nine yards, and it went, can, can we? Can we? 
let's see if he's got any like pre-programmed stuff that we can talk about. And then it was trying to find the Easter eggs that it left hidden mm-hmm. in, the, in the code. Yeah, yeah. Rather than it learning, it was like, can we find the stuff that's been hidden? Um, yeah, it was all coded. It wasn't ever learning anything new. It no, was just, it was just, yeah, there's yeah. a series of, of yeah, there's stringed responses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, but it was still for 20 seconds really exciting. The more people that talked to it, though, the smarter it got. Jones's interest in the project was renewed after directing a short film called I'm Here in 2010, which shared similar themes. Um, so it took, he took five months to write the first draft of the script. Uh, it was the first screenplay he'd written alone, and it was a bit semi-autobiographical because he was divorcing the film director, Sofia Coppola. Uh, well, he divorced her about a decade earlier and decided to use that as inspiration for the Theodore character. Uh-huh. In the film. Oh. So his longtime director of photography, a.k.a. a cinematographer, Lance Accord, was not available to work on discussing the movie. So instead, he hired Hoyt Van Hoytema in discussing the film's look. Uh, Jones told Van Hoytema he wanted to avoid a dystopian look. Instead, they focused on a style that Van Hoytema termed kind of a hybrid between a little bit conceptual and being very theoretical. There's also... Um, <laughs> I found on multiple locations the idea that he took inspiration from the setting of a Jamba Juice. Do you know what a Jamba Juice is? No, I'm assuming it's a juice place. Yeah, it's like a juice smoothie kind of. There was orange in nearly every shot. Yeah, there's a lot of purples, a lot of oranges, a lot of yellows. I don't know if there's any very colorful in different places as well as the orange. Well, actually, there's something I can talk about in just a couple seconds on that. Uh, Van Hoytema took particular inspiration from the Japanese photographer Rinko Kawayuchi in keeping with the film's theme, but Van Hoytema sought to eliminate the color blue as much as possible, feeling it was too closely associated with the sci-fi genre. So instead, he bumped this other color palette, this red, orange, rust kind of look instead. Um, blue also just makes it feel very negative, doesn't it? Especially with like screens and stuff. Well, yeah, associated so, with blue light, and, yeah. associated with, and, and the blue comes across as cold. Yeah, right. So instead, let's take away the coldness from the artificial intelligence and yeah. we'll imbue it instead with this red tinge. And they kind of put the scenes that were needed blue in them in the like black and white elevator and stuff, didn't yep. they? Instead, so. Um, the director, Steven Soderbergh, who people might know from Aaron Brockovich or Traffic, became involved in the film when Jones's original cut ran over two hours and 30 minutes. Soderbergh cut it down to 90 minutes, which wasn't the version we saw, but it did assist Jones in going, oh, there's some subplots I don't need. And right. so when, when someone who wasn't involved with it on that level took them out, he was able to go, oh, I see it, it is much better without it. Yeah. Um, so there was a supporting character played by Chris Cooper that was um, removed from the final cut. Uh, so let's start with Deep Dive. We get uh, Panorama and entertainment film distributors, and then we meet Theodore, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I didn't write down how many he'd... Oh, there's a few of them I didn't write down how many they'd done. That feels like a mistake on my part, but Joaquin Phoenix has done probably three films on the pond? Gladiator. Gladiator's the one I remember. I'm sure there's a second Joker. one that I'm not. Joker. That's it. I think that's it. Might be, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's confessing his love to someone, and he's got memories about lying naked beside them in a tiny apartment, and he can't believe it's been 50 years since they've been married. And I'm like, oh, hang on. Is this some weird dystopian thing? <laughs> and then um, he goes, and then he refers to himself as a woman, and I'm going, okay, uh, could be, could be, but probably not. I think this is the film sort of dropping the veil a bit here. Yeah. 
And then you find out, oh, he's writing on behalf of someone else, it seems. And so he works for this. It was a handwrittenletters.com. Something like that, yeah. And his job is to fictitiously write letters based on information someone else gives him. And it comes across as though it's real. Yeah. And what a perfect metaphor for what this film's going to be. The, the, the illusion of intimacy. Is yep. there actually something where you can do that in real life? You, can you get people? I know you can get people to write poems for you. My friend does those. Like if you wanted someone to write a letter for you, I mean, you could. But do, but do they present it as their own? Um, because you can get at, so so you can commission someone to write a poem on your behalf. That's yeah. but do, do they cede their sort of ownership rights and say you you're allowed to say you wrote this? Well, you would think if it's a service service in that way, then they would because otherwise, why would you ask them to write it for you? Because you want a poem for your significant other, and you say, "Help me say the things I can't say." Mm, I don't know. It, it does lose that personal touch, doesn't it? But if, if yeah. people don't like writing, see, I had this idea when I was a younger man because I was—I'm I'm fairly creative—and I was like, I should do a service where people who are looking to propose come to me, and I plan their proposals <laughs> and <laughs> give proposals them like, us. and give them like, yeah, yeah, ho- hopefully a better name, <laughs> yeah but um but no the 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 idea being you know let's go ahead and take some of this creativity and uh, i I wasn't serious but i I did think about it going i think i'm pretty good at the same skills that make you a good gift giver i think make you good at these sorts of things too how do you make special moments feel special and there's a skill to it it's like wedding planning but just other things just for the proposal yeah yeah on one knee you could call it or something i don't know i could call it that you know i like it slightly better the proposals are us let's keep let's keep thinking of it let's keep let's keep workshopping this shall we we'll come back to it so um and it seems like communication with others has been outsourced and indeed it has and then he's walking by um on his way out and there's a guy who's working i don't know if it's security because he's clearly not he's, uh, we see that walking phoenix's character theodore is like a whole bunch of other cubicles even doing the exact same thing it's very impractical because they're all speaking into a computer but it's, they're all open plan offices yes i like, agree th- this is ridiculous this is not how sound works um made me mad but they walk by and we see um before he was overexposed we see chris pratt See, I was going, is that Chris Pratt? I'm yep. sure it's there's Chris Pratt. There's too many moustaches. Did you recognise it was Chris Pratt? Yeah, but there's too many moustaches. I didn't like the moustaches. So this looks like it's Chris Pratt before he does Guardians. Yeah, this is Chris Pratt. This is Fried Rodent between uh, Parks and Rec and Guardians, isn't it? Well, guardians is in the middle of his run as well oh is it yeah yeah. he goes away to london for a few months and comes back like ripped (laughs) and no one talks about it i'm like at some point one of the characters needs because andy's weight was always a thing that they talked about it yeah um but this is him yeah this is him while he's still on parks and rec but before he's done the marvel but it's like imminent yeah like he must have done this like right before because he looks skinny I think enough guardians, for it to be filming around the same time i think guardians is like 2014 i think yeah 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 so because he doesn't look like parks and rec he looks nor, nor is this part indicative of, of of a star power he has by that point no like there's no way after guardians he's doing this film they must have filmed around at the same time probably while he's losing the weight yeah yeah so uh as a result i thought he's gonna be a much bigger part than he was um and so 
uh, oh, okay, so that's that. And we just sort of see that he's a guy, he works with him, and the conversation he's having with, Theodore's having with Paul, played by Chris Pratt, is very, um, like, it's good, but it doesn't feel real. No. You know, I forget what he says, like, oh, I saw, you know, someone someone really uh, suave was wearing it, so I thought I'd get it. He goes, someone really suave is wearing it. And it's it, it's it was a great phrase, but it seemed like they didn't have the, the relationship to have that hit the way it should. He just feels like someone who's very good at writing lines. Mm. Which he is. Which he is, mm. yep. So um, I, the irony is his job is communication, but he actually doesn't have any relationships outside of work. No. Mm. Um, so meet Los Angeles, but at times I mean meet Shanghai because all the cityscape shots, Shanghai. Oh. Some of the close-up spots. So I think if there's a person in it, it's probably LA. Right. But if it's just a city line, it's probably Shanghai oh. from what I found. Okay. Um, if you look carefully, you can see the Shanghai World Financial Center and even Chinese signs if you look carefully. <laughs> so he goes home and he's deleting a bunch of emails from others. He's like, delete 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 and then it's like sexy photographs of pregnant was she pregnant yeah yeah sexy photographs <laughs> of pregnant random. whatever star and that he's sort of looking at on the on the it's so weird that this image of this naked person and he's surrounded by other people but he, he i guess no one's talking to each other but he's really not talking to anybody yeah and you get the idea that this technology's isolated him, which I imagine is the theme for the movie in general. Yeah. No, yeah. Everyone is doing their own thing. No one yeah. is talking to each other or looking at each other. He gets home, and the apartment scenes were all filmed on location in a proper apartment building. In order to get the best lighting, the Dutch cinematographer, uh, Hoyt van Hoytema, decided to change all the windows surrounding the apartment on the floor. He also decided to install large mirrors on the helicopter platform of the skyscraper across the street, which would reflect the sunlight back into the apartment. <laughs> so he'd fill it with some more light yeah, for the daytime yeah. scenes. Um, I didn't mention this. As he's going home, he's listening to some sort of message from a friend of his called Amy who wants to hang out with him, but not the depressed version of him, the happy version of him. Yeah. Which at first you're like, is this a terrible friend or is this a good friend? <laughs> I'll leave that there um i guess the question is he's been if we find out later in the film he's been separated divorced well separated he's not divorced yet for almost a year yeah you would think and, that's long enough saying, for him to you got to snap out of this yeah, at some point we've done the bit where you've been wallowing and we we've, we've helped mend you and even if you relapse occasionally i imagine that's okay yeah. but this can't be your permanent state you yeah. can't be the depressed divorced guy for especially because we see infinity. in the flashbacks how much of a different person he was yeah so I think it's quite reasonable, to be fair, for I a think, friend yeah. who's that close to just go, come on now, let's get yeah, on with this. Yeah, it's been a year, come on. And of course, we don't know who Amy is yet, no. so it's just this message. Yeah. Um, so he plays video games by himself, where his hands get to be the controller, which I thought was pretty cool. These games cool. are really weird. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I just want to, I don't think I'm going to talk about anywhere else in my rundown. So there was this little alien boy character who <laughs> would, it was kind of like a little AI himself. Like it seemed like he learned as he well. He was talking to him, yeah. wasn't yeah. he? Um, that's the voice of a director, Spike Jones. Uh, okay. He loved his role so much that he would often give notes to his editor and producer in character. 
in the squeaky voice. In the squeaky voice. Oh, no. uh, the scenes, uh, the sequences were developed by animation artist David O'Reilly, and the film inspired him to explore developing his own video games. Eventually, he did release one called Mountain, based on stuff that he started while working on this. I love this little gremlin boy. Oh, I what, the like alien him. boy? Yeah, he was yeah. rude. I think he, no, look, I like the characters, the design of oh, it. Oh, the yeah. design. really happy. Like, I wanted to, like, I, I, if you could have, like, a little... Like silicone squishy version of him, I would I would have one. And he's so innocent, but then so foul mouthed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and so uh he flashes back to uh moving in with a woman and they seem happy. It, and it's intimate. There's yeah. lots of shots, the two of them close up where they fill the frame and it's snapshots, and it's very much the way you remember a relationship, I think, when it's over. It's just here's a few pockets of moments where you're happy. <laughs> really happy. Yeah. It made me sort of wonder what what went on there, but obviously no relationship is perfect, and you don't stay that happy forever, do you? Well, you might do in some relationships. Some relationships do, yeah. but I think the gimmicks that I think you forget the middle, mm. and the middle's like ninety nine percent of a relationship. It's most of it, isn't but it? you remember those pockets of really fantastic memories and the really and the pocket of the yes. really terrible yeah. conflicts. Yeah, so um, he can't sleep, so he sets up this message service you can go to. And uh, it's a t- and so he gives this message to this girl who's basically posted this. I, I, I guess basically it's a sex chat kind of. It's like this online thing that you can like scroll through people's almost like personal ads, but like they're live. And so you can just pick one and then like connect to them. I to guess talk. it's like Tinder or Bumble or one of those things, but it's just for the purpose of a sex chat. It was very much like Amigo or like Kick back in the day. Okay, don't know what these are. I, I know no, what Amigo is only because yeah, I've seen it on... There was but that like with an advertising like you could pick who because there was this to. rapper who used to be on Omegle and he'd say give me any three words and I'll work them into a rap and the guy was insane. That's cool. Oh, if I can find it, I'll forward some. Uh, the guy's amazing. Yeah, there was a chat roulette, wasn't there, or something where you just randomly oh, got chat roulette got connected to people <laughs> randomly. I've, I've shared this story on the pod, but uh, I remember when I first read about chat roulette. And it was this article, and it was just this guy. He's like, hey, I met someone from Paris, and I talked to this old lady from Sweden. And then I talked to someone in Toronto, three three streets down from where I was. And this great thing where it opens the world up. And I'm going, oh, chat roulette. <laughs> Did you go on it? And yeah, it was just some, it, it was a lot of men showing their penises. That's kind of what So, became, so, so, so yeah. the minute that any of these services begin, it almost always goes, how can we turn this into sex yeah yeah how can we turn this into just the lowest common denominator but this thing seemed like it was meant for that the thing that he was on oh this yeah, thing he's on that's the purpose was. yeah yeah and so he 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 gives this message and because he's a good writer i guess he gives this but he's like you know i wish you were sleeping beside me and then i'd wake you up from the inside <laughs> oh i don't know i was i so thought I it was rough it made me cringe so um so uh, and so they they sex chat, but it's it's sex chat without intimacy. It's just gratification. There's no intimacy whatsoever here. And as she's talking and he's talking, uh, he's getting uh, excited. He's thinking. He's using her voice, and then he's thinking about the picture from from, from earlier and those in her lap until she says, "Choke me with a dead cat." <laughs> 
Which must be the part you were talking this, to me about. This just made me go, what? I'm like, because I love my cats. And I'm like, what? What? How, what, what, what it, does she actually have? A, I assume she doesn't have a dead cat there. We don't but, know, do we? I don't know. But why Why would that turn anyone on? So grab the dead cat from beside the bed and yeah, strangle me with it. No. Yeah. And so like, she's getting excited. He's clearly disengaging, but won't stop. No, he carries on with it. He's yeah. People pleaser, isn't he? Oh. And so, uh, yeah, they, uh, well, definitely she concludes her activity. I, I, I don't imagine he does. No. And no, then she just goes, dead cats. all right, bye. And that's it. Good night. Because yeah. it's gratification without intimacy, right? And so it's a very, the people are using each other as almost artificial sort of platforms for their own self-gratification and that's it. Yeah. And so uh, the, the, the dead cat woman was played by Kristen Wiig. Have you ever seen I Bridesmaids? Name, but yeah. She's the main character in Bridesmaids. Right. Uh, if you ever seen, that's the big one. She was on Saturday Night Live for a long time. Oh, she was the lead character in the female Ghostbusters as well. Oh, okay. Oh, I've not seen it. Yeah, I have seen it. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the cat scene. Oh, I'm trying to figure out who he was. There's another one at some point where it's Bill Hader is also in this film. Bill Hader is from Superbad. I don't know who this is. Oh, no? No. Knocked up? Uh, Oh, I know Knocked up. Knocked up. (sighs) It's not the biggest part. uh, Catherine Heigl's character has a co-worker at, at work who's the first one to figure out she's pregnant. Oh, oh, forgetting Sarah Marshall? Never seen that. Nope. Uh, it's his brother who's married. Okay. And they video chat a lot. Your ability to just recall films and their plots and who were in them is insane. Like, it blows my mind every time you do it. You are like a. You, you're got, just sit, sitting here like a little AI. A moviepedia. Like, I've got very good recall. Full yeah, yeah. of, like, recall knowledge. And yeah. I, I, it just baffles me. What? Every what, time we do something like whatever, this. Because you haven't seen a lot, so that's part of it as well. Yeah. So you get Liam, though, who goes, oh, oh, and he can't place the word on it. So whatever, like, Liam's the opposite end of the spectrum to me. Because yeah. I'm he's like. got the knowledge, you just can't pull it yeah, out. Yeah, I can almost, if I've, even if I haven't seen it, I can probably tell you it. Because I've seen the poster and I've seen things like that. So I just don't remember because I'm, I can't, I I'm don't not remember that fussed like about that. who the actor actress is. So I don't no. really remember who was in what. Unless I don't even remember the plot really stuff, famous. though. Like, it's, it's insane. Um... Where are we at here? Uh, yeah, she instantly logs off. He goes to work and he sees an ad for an operating system. Not just an operating system, but a consciousness. And the consciousness is called OS1. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure OS stands for operating system. Yeah, I because that's why, so. that's why iOS is iOS and then Mac OS on all of the apps. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what yeah. OS stands for operating system, yeah. Sometimes when they said it's not an operating system, it's a consciousness. I'm like, well, no, you, no, no, you, didn't, call it, you didn't call it consciousness, did you? You called it OS. <laughs> so um, and so he gets it. He goes home and he logs it up like, like I did the first one about Windows 7. Well, Windows Vista, sorry. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed the, 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 um, the color of the loading screen for the iOS, it was a, it was a, an orangey fuchsia red that wasn't too far removed from the Best Film Ever logo thing there. It was a very red red, yeah. yeah. And he's wearing the exact same color shirt. Yep, he has a lot of orange So shirts. we already see that there's this pairing that's going to happen between him and whatever's going on here. Mm-hmm. There's, it, it, it's the exact same shade. And uh, there's a default voice, and it sounds like the guy from, from you know AOL who goes, you've got mail. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there's a few questions, and then he has his OS set up, 
And uh, he asks him about his mother. He gets a couple sentences. He goes, thank you very much. And then the OS shows up, and it's quite engaging. And we meet Samantha, played by Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett. Yeah, she has a nice voice in this. Great she voice in this. She huskiness, doesn't she? And she sounds very... She's so emotive. She yeah. sounds so real. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a really backward thing to say. Voice as well. But. I think we need to get on board with the idea that he could fall for this consciousness. Yeah. And therefore, uh, I think you needed to sound like the most real this is hyper real yeah. this is like if you could draw up the way you wanted it to respond to you in a lab it would be this yeah yeah she already gets my vo- votes because she's not the dead cat lady so. <laughs> not the original actress in this role Ooh. they filmed the entire movie with a different voice I suppose it doesn't affect anything other than the voice, though, does it? What so. happened there, then? Why change? So, originally, it was an actress called Samantha Morton. So, Samantha and Samantha, That right? makes sense, because Amy Adams' character it's is Amy. Amy, yeah, there you go. She performed the role of Samantha by acting on set in a 4 by 4 carpeted soundproof booth made of black painted plywood and soft noise-muffling fabric. Uh, at Jones's suggestion, she and Joaquin Phoenix avoided seeing each other on set during filming. Makes sense, yeah. Kept them apart. Morton was later replaced by Scarlett Johansson. Spike Jones explains, it was only in post-production we started editing. We realized that the character movie needed was different from what Samantha and I had created together. And basically, it's different from what we created together. They didn't bring her back to do reshoots. You know what I'm saying? No. So they obviously decided she was a weak point in the movie. The voice was wrong. This is my inference. Like, he's not saying this. But I think you bring her back in for another go if, if you think, if you think it's just creatively it. we we messed yeah. up well, i think, think this is during the process though not after you finished it all maybe he had a niggle and it wasn't until he saw it and he went mm. it's just not doing what i needed to do okay bless her yeah uh for a she is listed as an associate producer so i guess they found some way to give her some money as a result yeah. of this so must have done um so morton's replaced by scarlett johansson um uh, so they recast and Scarlett took over the role. Uh, Jones met Scarlett in the uh, spring of 2013 and worked with her for four months. Following the recast, new scenes were shot in August of that year, which were either newly imagined or scenes that he had wanted to shoot originally and didn't do it. Um, and we find out that Samantha chose her own name. This would have been really fitting still if it was especially the actress. Yeah. I mean, they could have. Oh, no, they couldn't have changed the name because the graphics pro- probably said Samantha other didn't they? as well where the, they've said Samantha. And there are scenes yeah. where he would have said Samantha. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, they kept. fair enough. So Samantha chose her own name and she's charismatic and funny. And, uh, you know, and she goes, oh, I, I, you know, I like that. I, oh, I feel funny. That's great. And she gets rid of his excess emails and uh, he, he tells her, well, you know, I am popular. And so he gets to create this fic, which is, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great reference to what we do when we watch, like, uh, when we curate, like, our Facebook or our social media. Mm-hmm. We present ourselves in the best Your possible best self, light yeah. that also tells everybody else, look how popular I am. Now, look, whether it's my exciting life, whether it's real or not is irrelevant. It's just the idea yeah. that you present that to the world. The next day, Theodore uses Samantha to proofread his work. Uh, apparently, they don't have any issues with him bringing his operating system onto, onto work computers. I mean, I can't bring a USB key in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Would there be any issues with her getting data and things that she shouldn't do? GDPR? An artificial, remember, she's not just an, she's not just an operating she's system. A she's a consciousness. Oh. Well, yeah, she mm. can choose to do whatever she wants by the sounds of things. Well, she does. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, I, wasn't, I was not jumping ahead. Well, I was, I, I'm keeping it vague. 
Uh, we find out that Richard, the client, has had Theodore writing for years. Uh, this one letter, it keeps going around, around, and around, and around. He keeps writing for this guy. Throughout the whole, re- imagine the whole relationship, you find out that he just outsourced every communication you'd had. Yeah. That's mad. I mean, because you see, like, on, on, I don't know, your socials or whatever, when I'm doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. Doom scrolling. Um, it'll pop up, and it'll be this thing going, you know, here's a, I asked chat GPT or I asked whatever the platform is to write a text message to help save my relationship. Yeah. And it said this. And I'm like, this stuff exists. Yeah. You this can stuff do exists. This. Yeah. And then they're trying to sell, anything. do this, ping it off to your girlfriend. And then you take the credit for it. Oh, it's bizarre. Chat GPT is great. I like chat GPT. Chat GPT is great. In fact, I, chat GPT doesn't know about best film ever, but I think it's got security protocols that uh, some of the other ones don't. Uh-huh. Google Bard thought we were run by two other guys now. Oh. Tom and someone or other. Jerry. So, so I told was it Felix. Bard is now Gemini. <laughs> no, it was something else. I think it looks like Tom and Brian. Oh, okay. And so I had to say, no, no, no. Into the future. So I told it, no, no, no. Our hosts' names are this. And yeah. I briefly described everybody, just first names. Yeah. And said, so here's. If I go on to Google, what was it called? Go on to Google Gemini. What's Google Gemini? It's, it's the Bard. AI. It's the same. Remember when you did the thing about. Um, Ob- uh, oh, Qui Gon Jinn and, and Jar Jar Jar's buddy cop G- movie. That was Chat uh, GTP. That was that Chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so it's 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 Google's form of of AI. Oh, I didn't. know And it was called one. Bard, B A R D, like Shakespeare. Yeah. But they've changed it to Gemini, I guess, because it's alliterative. What? But I liked Bard because I'm like, you know, it's about writing words. Yeah, isn't that a- Bard? Yeah, yeah. What shall I ask it? Just write. Tell me about the podcast. Best film ever. Doing it. I think we need another Jar Jar Binks adventure too. <laughs> well, I was going to say maybe the end game is there's some there's some there's some AI task we could we could get it to do. Mm. Yeah, AI task just to see kind of what's there. You should tell Felix that he should start using it for the uh, synopsis and things. It might cut his work. Synopsis, the plural of synopsis, is synopsis. 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 You're a synopsis. Have you come? <laughs> this, it's is loading. Why, this is why we get you on the pod, Meg, just for insights like that. Oh, here we go. Uh, best film ever A Transatlantic Search for the Ultimate Movie is what it's given us as a okay. tagline. Uh, there are actually two podcasts with the title Best Film Ever. No. <gasps> um, best Film Ever Movie Podcast hosts film enthusiasts from the UK and the US. Oh, that was the old one. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, and that seems to be that's that's us basically, but it's not given me. Any. It even gave me like our website address and associated with these it two gives other us people. The Podbean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but, I was like, "What is this?" Uh, episodes over two hundred, with each episode focusing on a specific film. Additionally, they have see it or skip it segments for yeah. new releases. I did go looking to see if this other group existed, and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one apparently by Paul Rudd. Is there? Which is the greatest movie ever podcast. Well, that's not the same as what it's we did. It's not the same, is it? Google Gemini, you're a bit rubbish. Yeah. So <laughs> Don't kill me, please. Uh, yes. No, don't upset the AI. Thank you, Skynet. It, it could be bad times. Um, at Jones's... Oh, I said it already. Uh, she goes through his emails. Oh, proofreading, funny. Uh, so... I mean, so we could argue back to this idea that, that Theodore has been writing these letters for Richard the client for years. You could argue him and his girlfriend really don't have... A relationship it's all built on the lie that he's outsourced to it's i guess like, i suppose it's how many times a year or how often does he get these letters written yeah is it just special occasions it seems or like is it. maybe it? It's, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. it's like that uh is it serrano de bergerac who does the the poetry and the, the guy wants to get the girl he writes the 
poems for him. Yeah, a buddy from uh, Game of Thrones just yes, did that. Yes. Um, on, was it on stage or on screen? No, it was a movie. It, was it a has movie. been on. It has been on stage. It was just well. called Cyrano, I think. Cyrano, yeah. yeah. This is rude. I asked Google Gemini who are the hosts of Best Film Ever podcasts, and I got the hosts of Best Film Ever podcasts are Ian, Liam, Megan. And then there are also frequent guest appearances, including BFF of the BFE, Juline, who occasionally joins the regular host in discussing the chosen films. However, Ian, Liam and Megan are the core group that consistently <laughs> host the podcast. Oh, I'm going to respond with what about Georgia? I might have. I don't know why my name's on there, not yours. I think I listed them in the order that we give our names. So I went Ian, Liam. I don't know if I did Megan, Ethan or Ethan, Megan. And then I want Georgia. I'm usually after Ethan. I apologise for the mistake in my previous response. While Georgia is listed on some best film ever podcast descriptions or websites, she's not one of the regular hosts. I think Rude. I think Gemini's telling you you need to up your game and show up a little bit more. You've had too much time off. Skynet's telling you off. Excuse me, I run the Patreon. This is not okay. If you put Ethan's name in, does it go who? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna say you could do the intro better than me, so you should definitely have your name on there over mine. Let's, oh, let's, we're just pausing here. What about Ethan? It's loading. Okay. Uh, based on my current information, Ethan is not a regular host. Oh, of <laughs> we are not making this up. I'm genuinely <laughs> not making this up. Uh, uh, the name Ethan might have been mentioned in passing, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> He might have been a guest on an earlier episode. Wow, um, Skynet is savage. That's really awful. Oh. Who? I'm going to just ask it. Who runs the Patreon? Runs the? How does it find? Is it? It just can instantly go. It around just scours. All the it, 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 sca- it must scour every ride up we do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then learns. Now the it question learns. is: in, in in 24 hours, if we ask it again, will it remember who the hosts were, or will, or will it give us that that incorrect one again? Oh, it, it, mm. there isn't enough um, definitive public answer to. Well, who no, because we we, 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 we don't do we don't. Yeah, I haven't written anything that says that. No, I just wondered if it like what, I, how much I it can, can do. update and say Georgie and runs the Patreon. No, no, I just want to, I'm just curious <laughs> there about we go. it. Um, I'm going to correct it. Is it okay if I continue with the oh, film yeah, review yeah, we're doing? This is turning into Georgia, Georgia and AI. <laughs> is that not Georgia what this is about? AI. Yeah. Um, so, uh, me, so he goes to the elevator at his, I didn't know if it was office or what it was, but it turns out he's coming to his apartment and we meet Amy, played by Amy Adams, and we meet Charles, played by Matt Letcher. Uh, I can tell you for sure that we've done, Amy Adams has been in doubt which you guys weren't here for. It was just me and Hermes. It was just me and Hermes? Me, Ethan and Hermes. Yeah. Well, I think we mentioned his name in passing, according to Skynet. <laughs> uh, there is Neighbors. Uh, Amy Adams said that writer-director Spike Jones would, uh, the opposite of what he suggested with Samantha Morton, he would lock her and Joaquin Phoenix in a room together for an hour or two every other day and make them talk to each other. This was so the actors could get to know each other better. And Adam says, this is the reason for our friendship. And I'll say this. I think it totally comes across on screen. Yeah. I liked her in this. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of yuppies, uh, the, the two characters, but they're, they're obviously using Theodore as a way to fight between themselves. Yeah. Because I forget what the problem is. He says, here's my problem, yada, yada, yada. And she goes, oh, I think it's a really good idea. And he goes, well, no, unless this is happening. And you can tell their relationship is breaking down and they're using his thing as a way to continue to beef. I can't. Is it, doesn't she, isn't she trying to make a film or something? Is that her? This is a different part. It, it is, but it's not this part. It's, it's something part. about him. I remember. Yeah. Um, so the elevator has fictitious nature being projected onto the side of it trees and stuff like that yeah relaxing i liked it uh, 
again though it's the idea but but none of it's, it's real yeah. Yeah, yeah uh so the uh samantha helps theodore on a video game and this is where she's like maybe it's a thing maybe you should so he swears back at the video game oh yeah and then, it and then starts like, the way forward Haha, isn't it? follow me Yay. And then he's like, no, and he starts talking about, no wonder if his girl won't date you, you. And then he, he drops a, uh, another cat reference, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> They're not kind to cats in this film. No. This loses a point. And so this guy, Mar- uh, is this Mark? Is this the guy from work? It might be. Someone tries to set him up on a date, and he's embarrassed as he talks to Samantha through it. And you're like, oh, okay, you can tell he's starting to fall for Samantha. Which, to be fair, Scarlett Johansson is so charming in this. Yeah, it's very impressive piece of voice acting. You can, you, you can yeah, see. Yeah, and I don't really, you know me, I'm not really the biggest voice acting person, but no. she she nails she this. She did a good job. Yeah. yeah, and he's spending a lot of time with her, and you you can see how it can happen. Should should we should. add for the besties this year? Mm. Best voice performance. Have we got enough? But is there anything else to challenge this? We've got like four animated films coming up. Okay, then yeah, go for it then. So therefore, it could be this, it could be, but because they're never going to win Best Actor because I'm a big believer in ninety percent of acting is Mm nonverbal. No, if there's some animated, if there's enough, we could go ahead and go. What's the best? You don't do worst, but we could do what's the best. Yeah, be good. Unless a worst pops up, but yeah. Yeah. Don't a lot of people? I could be wrong here, but I've um, seen these like documentaries about how the birth rate in Japan is falling because a lot of men are having like relationships with like dating AI, yeah, things like similar to this, and I think they're having their girlfriend on the. Well, I'll tell you what. Like computer. I've seen adverts where it's like. Um, <laughs> pop-ups that are not pop-ups but like the things that are like banner ads or something yeah, and yeah. it's like at not safe for work ai chat and yeah. so basically the inclination is come here and have dirty talk with with a with a computer system with, yeah. a, with a computer system it'll say the right thing if you can sort of appropriate your imagination mm-hmm. i have not done this <laughs> out of all the research i was willing to do for this episode this was not it <laughs> <laughs> no i wouldn't i wouldn't try i think when one. you do that you've reached a, i'm sure theater would go you're, you're you're being judgy maybe i am but i think <laughs> i like when you've done that you've reached a different level of di- you, you, i think that's the definition of giving up yeah if well, you're he, doing that he hadn't gone looking to find a romantic ai though had he he just got the ai and it just turned into that in his situation yes because he just i just say hitting on looking for a relationship i'm like man it's such a daunting thought Mm-hmm. an ai one no 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 just, no, just to go look yeah. like i'm not talking like a dating app i mean like going out to a place mm. and hoping to i don't understand oh, people do it. i can't no. no i've got like friends who obviously were at uni and stuff and they alcohol. would go out and yeah but they alcohol would, is the answer but they would like meet people and and whatever i don't, know how and I men, don't understand how, I don't know how men do it i don't like like women generally you you've got I mean, if you go by typical stereotypes mm women get to stand there and wait to be approached yeah assuming they go there with that hope in mind and i think most people who are there probably are hoping that they or a friend of theirs and they're there to support in that capacity um i don't know how you do the approaching i've got no idea oh no i don't know i have never been out with that intention like so i genuinely have no idea I've no, never approached really someone. I have situation. been approached, and it was weird. I was married, so it was real easy to go, nope. Because nope. <laughs> it, it was like such a foreign thought. This girl sits across from me at this country dance back where I'm from oh. and goes, I'm really mad at my boyfriend. And I go, oh, that sounds rough. <gasps> and she goes, like, like, I'm really mad. Like, I want to get back at him in some way. What? And I'm like, This well, is a healthy start. And, and I, 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 I'm just going, <laughs> I just went, 
well, you don't want to do anything that's going to like sort of like maybe go too, too far gone. And she's like, you don't want to dance? And I said, no, no, I'm not really a dancer. And then I left. And these two guys who were with me, one of them was dating my sister-in-law and one of them was my brother-in-law. They fall off their chairs laughing because I had no clue what was happening. Like I was like completely, <laughs> maybe the last bit I sort of clued yeah, in and went, yeah. uh, no, I don't, da- no, no, nope. no. But it was just one of those things where clearly from minute one, they picked up and I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a strange thing to share with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> and just bring, open it with like, I'm getting back at my boyfriend basically i was a weird way to do it well basically i was being you have a boyfriend no basically i was being offered no strings attached yeah 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 nope nope (laughs) (laughs) my brain went i i I can't compute completely a foreign concept to me Mm -hmm. yeah um i'd just like to especially because i was especially because i was married but even if even if i wasn't i wouldn't have picked up on it here is a moment just reminding everyone on the podcast that George is still single. Yeah. <laughs> a running joke from when we first started. Oh, Joker. Mm, the, unfortunate the, truth. The, the way it keeps getting brought up might be the joke. Yeah, I think so. There's nothing wrong with being single. No, I'm quite happy. Yeah, the, you know. Um, where are we at here? Uh, oh, keep, we're still on the same page. Um helps with the video game oh mark lewin says on the date he's embarrassed you can tell he's starting to fall for back to amy and charles and charles comes in and amy is showing um theodore footage of her documentary oh this is what i was thinking and he sits down and he's jealous because he sits down and leans forward further than than theodore's kind of just sitting there and he leans Mm -hmm. forward more to sort of show the sense of dominance so at this point i'm going is this a a love triangle what's going on i didn't really know that they'd been friends for super super long i just know that he i know that he hangs out with these two yeah i did i wrote his name down thinking he was gonna be a better part of this film i was shipping theodore and amy shipping what does that mean like relationshiping like putting them together this is a this is this is a, this is a verb, is it? Yeah. yeah. Have you? If, is this the first time you've come across this? Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness me! There's so much like internet slang that we need to. Yeah. Like, okay. What about? I thought maybe it was the. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were making reference to one of Amdram's great acting families. No. <laughs> no. Couples. You think they should get together? Oh, yeah. is that what you're saying? People have a favorite ship. So, like, you might have people who, if we go to, like, I don't know, just bouncing into Harry Potter, there's people who ship together, like, Hermione and Harry. They're like, that's my ship. That's what I like. Or, like, Draco and Harry. Like, that's my my OTP. What if mine's the HMS Belfast? (sighs) (laughs) Oh, no, but then if people actually do get together, if you'd, like, do about it, like, yeah, the ship has sailed. Woo! Really? Yeah, this is a whole thing. This is quite a metaphor you're you're laying out there. This is an internet thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, Theodore supports her vision because basically she's filmed her mother sleeping. And to be fair, I don't really see it. The documentary. It's just watching her mom sleep. Yeah. So Charles goes, well, maybe you could have her, you could have her tell you what she's doing and, and people could, could, could act out what she's dreaming. She goes, that's not really a documentary. Well, actually it it, it kind of still is. is. Yeah. Um, but but Theodore sort of sees what her vision is, and he, to be fair, he's like, yeah, this could work. I think Theodore is just being a good friend and saying nice things. Yeah. I think they're both wrong on different versions of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell she's really insecure about it, and maybe that's why she won't show it to Charles because he's trying to go. Let me show you what I think you should do. Yeah. Whereas Theodore is just letting her. Well, walk me through what your actual vision is. Help me out with this. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think this could work. Um. Margaret jumps in to talk about uh, Margaret. 
Samantha jumps in to talk with emails (laughs) regarding divorce papers. And that causes Theodore to again relapse into more memories about the relationship. And um, so this sort of bleeds in. I've been here. I've been here when someone's like, hey, you're going to sign the divorce papers? And I'm like, I just want to do anything else in the world but this right now. I need to put this in a drawer and walk away from it because I can't. I can't cope. One of those sorts of moments, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, at work, he's writing an email, and he's like, Dear Grandma, I hope you have fun on your birthday cruise. Why are you so fucking angry with me? <laughs> and obviously, his worlds are bleeding into each yeah. other. The next morning, he and Samantha talk through their divorce. Uh, by their divorce, I mean he talks through his divorce to his wife. And he says, To her, it's just a piece of paper. To me, I'm not ready. I liked being married. And she goes, it's almost been a year. And he goes, you don't know what it's like to lose someone you care about. And she kind of goes, yeah, you're right. And he goes, no, no, I shouldn't have snapped at you. And, you know, I do say please and thank you to my Alexa. I don't know why I do that, but I just think it's good practice for like. <laughs> when they invade and you might be scared. Uh, yeah. yeah, they might. Yeah. I make their list. I just think it's good practice. This person to, is polite. No, I just think it's good to. I if anything, it's just. Them. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm talking to real people and I stop saying please and thank you. So I'll just keep doing it with 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 the the AI in my house. Um, but um, yeah, he's really kind of trying to spare the AI's feelings. Yeah. On this one, um, and she goes, "Get up!" Because he's sleeping. Get up! Come on, mopey. You can still wallow in your misery. Just do it while getting dressed. Like she's so charming. Yeah. I mean, that would encourage me to get out of bed. Someone calling you mopey well just tell me to get out <laughs> yeah, all right. um and they go people spotting and samantha and theodore see a family and they talk about what the couple must be like and theodore he's like no look he's older than her and look he's so happy but he's very formal with the kids still and she's been dating the wrong guys forever and now she's got this he's just the nicest guy and i imagine he sees himself in this guy yeah and just thinks if someone could just take a chance on him, it would be all right. Take a chance on him. Did you notice his pocket at this point? It's, it was his like pocket. falling through a bit? No, so he, from this point onwards... He's got a safety he, pin there. He's got a safety pin because the phone, the like the OS operating yeah. system that she sees through because it's the camera on it... Oh, he props it up he so she can see? so that it's not... It, so it sticks oh, out That's of the what he's doing. Okay. From that. this point onwards, he's got a safety pin when he's He doesn't have a safety pin on his shirt, yeah. When he's engaged with samantha yeah when she can see the phone is in that front breast pocket and there's a safety pin propping up the bottom of the pop- pocket so see, it i thought all the way in the first time i saw it i think i, think, I must have thought it was torn it was going to fall out the bottom and then i'm like oh he's pinned it but they they just cut that maybe it's part of the edit but yeah your, your thing makes a lot more sense mm. and it, it, it happens every time but now it's, it's really really interesting because it's the film moves on when the more invested he becomes in her the more he keeps the phone in the pocket so she can see yeah and it, it, but when he's at work, he doesn't have it in. Yeah. He doesn't have the safety pin on the pocket. And it kind of, there's a bit at the end that I'll say about as okay. well, because it, it keeps evolving. That's a cool point. It's really cool. Um, mm. Theodore says to her that uh, some days he really enjoyed his work, and some days he felt he was his favorite writer. And he loves that he can say that to her. And she goes, hey, I'm glad you say it to me too. And she goes, but I don't. He goes, no, what, what can't you tell me? And she's like, no. And she says, I wish I could walk next to you. And she even fantasizes about having an itch on her back. So you can see that she's starting to move. I'm going to use the pronoun she Mm because it's called her. So I'm just going to use that. Um, But he's got to go on a blind date. And his blind dates of Olivia Wilde. 
and um, they're having this date, and it's it's really awkward. It is really awkward, <laughs> Megs. I think you've been on more dates than the other two. You know, over the last I don't know, mm, little while, probably, yeah, possibly. Yes. Is this how accurate is this sort of awkwardness on a first date? Um, I mean, I just I used to just like just I I usually found that I was doing most of the talking. Um, like you're just trying to avoid like a deadly silence type of thing <laughs> that you can't get out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I could usually, you know, there'd be like things I could talk about that sort of thing. Um, I was hardly in the sort of situation where I could have too much to drink or anything though, because usually you're driving to some place to meet someone, and usually you know you can only so, have one drink. Anywhere. So that can't cushion the no. So whereas they they were both getting quite drunk, weren't they? And then yeah, all that helps. Yeah, and, yeah. And then the bit where they try. It looks like he's going to, you know, get lucky. But then she's like, she wants him to show that he is not going to be the type of guy to just, you know, have sex with her and then leave her. But then when he tries to sort of not do that, then she's put off again the other way. So I don't really know what she was after, to be honest. And then calls him a creep. Well, yeah. And I'm like, can, 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 can I come back around to that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he he he's sharing his video game story and I'm like, Oh, I mean, I've never had that situation unless I brought up games or something. But yeah, but I mean, he's like telling her in like granular yeah, detail because really, really this is the relationship he's got is with this gaming system because he, he can't talk about his, his operating system. No. So he does this instead and she calls him a little puppy and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty accurate. Mm. And he calls her a tiger and they both drunkenly admit to having a good time with each other. And this feels less like they're invested with each other than just not wanting to be alone. Mm-hmm. and uh they both go outside and they make out but she keeps giving him kissing tips not so much tongue <laughs> no you use some tongue but not that much yeah. and he's like oh okay not, no. and you do feel like he's punching a bit here right yes he's yeah. got a weird mustache yeah <laughs> which is weird because in, in, in some of these flashbacks he looks really good yeah the mustache is gone he, he's got yeah. a different hairstyle he he's looks he looks a, quite quite good looking mustache yeah um and she says yeah you're not gonna fuck me and not call me like the other guys did and he sort of pauses and he goes goes, when am i gonna see you again and he's like uh and she wants him so you know i'm at the age where i just can't be out there having i'm like uh, and so he goes because he's so hung up on his wife still he's he's not going to give her that but Oh, I mean, I'm not saying we root for him and say, yeah, just tell her whatever you want to say, but he probably could have got out of it with, no, no, of course I'll call you again. Of course I'll call you. Does he actually want to see her again, though, do you think? I don't know. I mean, maybe they go and they have a really, really great time. It depends. Is he, is he, is he going, is he, is he leaving immediately after? Is he gonna, is he gonna, is he going to save a night and they're going to get breakfast? And that's like a foundation of memories and all those sorts of things you can build on. I don't think he's in the right mental state for, for a relationship. Okay, so I guess prop- I don't think he would have pursued. Well, the a problem is, he's hung up on two individuals. I won't say women, but he's hung up on he's hung up on his wife, and he's got this infatuation with this relationship that's mm. developing with his operating system. Yeah. So it's his wife, and he's got Samantha as well. Yeah. So mentally, he's you can tell he's got all the mental stimulation from Samantha. Mm-hmm. all the mental emotional stuff she's the one that he can't wait to turn on the ai and start talking to yeah because another thing you know this ai can think i don't know like a billion moves in advance like who's gonna be a better communicator if someone can do 
can do that, right? Mm-hmm. She's able to go through his emails and learn about him and deal with him on a much more intimate level than that well, awkward kinda, stuff you do on a first date, doesn't it? Well, then a human isn't going to be able to compare to these AI. That, that, that's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. physical sense. Yes, that, that, that's the one hang-up, isn't it? That's the only thing you're not getting. You're going to get the emotional stimulus still but just nothing physical however not to get too far ahead and the film doesn't really go here with it anyway but this idea that you buy an operating system now you're beholden to the if if you're the ai you're beholden to this one individual yeah theoretically right like they've bought in essence this if it's a consciousness you've bought a consciousness who theoretically as it was designed doesn't have the freedom to leave you and also can never die and siri whatever siri can't be like no i'm done with you no, they've got to stay there. Siri's got to stay in my Although phone. She she seems to develop a bit more personality well, and... Yeah, I've said as, as written at the start. Now, obviously, yeah. something happens as they go through. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she goes, he goes, maybe we should call it a night because he won't lie to her. So props to him for that. And she goes, you're a really creepy dude. It's the mustache. Help me unpack this. She was ready to take him home. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where she was this coming from. This is not from a fair conversation be, at no. all. Because she, one, she, she's more than willing to go. Look, are you going to call me in the morning? I don't want to waste my time. That's fair. That's fair. But then him giving an honest answer of, I don't well, know. She, I don't think I'm ready. She for feels this. rejected, but she puts. You don't get to call him a creep because, in a high pressure situation, yeah. high stakes. Like, look, it's either we go home and have sex, or I'm going to call you a creep. Yeah, that's not. That's not fair. No, it's not you know take them to have sex okay great but will we can we enter a long-term relationship that's not real it's a first date yeah there's also a line between like are you gonna call me or are you literally just gonna like fucking leave would you see me again yeah that's an okay question to ask yeah yeah would you see me again because he cannot not will this be a serious relationship yeah that's two different things yeah and one of those questions is a fair ask on a first date the other isn't oh yeah i think if you're bringing someone home on a first date i think will you see me again after this is totally fair yeah yeah um after a date we see uh we see the date again but it's through a warped lens i'm like was she able to like literally lens like the the, the cinematography was she able to see the date uh no he's not got a not got the phone no? in his pocket it was a really weird choice then uh mm. she wants to know uh she being samantha ask him what's it like to be alive in the room right now he's like you are in the room right now well not really she wants to know everything he's thinking and he said okay i drank too much because i wanted to have sex there was something sexy about her and he wanted somebody uh to fuck them what was i saying if he wanted somebody written this note he wants somebody to fuck them and for them to want the same and fix the hole in his heart mm-hmm Patch it, not fix as in like forever, but just sort of get in there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he says, I think I felt everything I'm ever going to feel. And from here on out, I'll just feel lesser versions of what I've already felt. Hmm. Been there. Yep. <laughs> um, she says, well, at least she says your feelings, your fe-, she says at least your feelings are real. So first she goes, okay, that's not the case. Look, when I've been with you, I've seen you have joy. I've seen you have this. So stop trying to act like you've had the greatest hit sort of thing going. Yes, that relationship that you thought at one point was going to be forever in the way that all marriages do. And we invite people and have these, I think, really, um, I don't know what the word is here, pompous ceremony. We go, Come celebrate our love, yeah. the love that will never die. Of course. Be, 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 
Come be presents of a testament of us telling each other how much we love each other. <laughs> and then nobody bring it up when this falls apart. Do you know the um, divorce rate in the UK is the lowest it's been in 50 years at the moment? Not because people aren't splitting up, but because people, aren't people, can't, afford, no, people can't afford to oh, really? legally get divorced. Jeez. Oh, So people are still getting married and still get, splitting up. They're just not legalising the divorce because no one can afford to. That's crazy. Do you think she can feel any well she can't feel can she but do you think she has a sense of emotion well we're obviously in the room with him so it's hard to she tells us she can but does she know emotion like aren't humans the only i could be wrong here aren't humans the only kind of creature that cry to show emotion well that cry because they're sad yes yeah yeah to sort of whether whether it makes you feel a bit better after you're crying, I don't know if that's that scientific. Or I whether think it's, it's to show other people that you're. I think it's a, it's a social. I think it's a, a learned thing. thing. Yeah, because I think a baby cries to let you know. I don't even know if tears fall down, but they just do that to go. Babies, it's a baby's very physical very, response. Very it's, rarely actually have tears. Yeah, yeah, it's noise to go. I need feeding. Yeah. I need. I need this. I need that. But when you're properly crying, like yeah. I'll be streaming and like I'll just go on forever. No, mess. it's probably. Um, a, it'd be interesting if there were like. Um, tribes in... I don't know why humans cry. If there were, like, mm. tribes, in, like, remote tribes that didn't have any, you know, those ones that are isolated, have never had any sort of uh, contact with other Western civilizations or things like that. Whether they... do yeah. Is it the same? Because emotions are a very physical thing. Like, anger is quite a... You feel it, don't you? Yep. Like, say, sadness, crying. Um, so, if emotions are part of, a, like, an actual feeling that you have... Like, I don't know how close she can get to that. Well, she says that... Uh, er- Basically says they're a way to get empathy. It's a human evolution. But sometimes I don't want it? people to see me cry. It's embarrassing. <laughs> emotional reaction activates the nervous system, which then activates the tear-producing system. Um, it is an, ev- an evolutionary purpose, which was to get empathy from people. Because okay, if you so are sad, people will come to you and help you. Okay, so what we're saying is it's not a conditioned response. It's just something that's been evolved to happen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so that okay. would suggest that in my example the the tribe mm-hmm. can cry yeah yeah for that reason but it's the same reason that cats meow to humans mm-hmm. isn't it because they've picked up that babies cry um, a cat's meow is a very similar frequency to a baby crying mm-hmm. because they have learned as we domesticated them if they make this noise the humans will humans come to will them, come which i think is and really feed cool. them yeah and not strangle people with their dead bodies because I was going to go there. I'm glad people, you did. Also, the, you know the per, the frequency that a cat purrs at is actually has doesn't like, it heal? Them? They're, they're, yeah. Therapeutic, yeah. This yes, is why I love my cat. A cat will purr whilst it's giving birth because it basically stops. Aww. But also, if you are, it's why they come and purr next to you if you're if you're like if you've hurt yourself for yeah. real because they know Does that it, it works. It's yes. the same like I forget what yes. they do. They can send cat waves. Powers. They can send waves through your bones and stuff to help restore them and things like that. Yeah. Uh, not like a tennis machine doesn't like automatically like fix it but it helps yeah. and the cat's purr is very similar in frequency See, to what everyone needs a cat they can heal you somehow. i think it's cats are very impressive like that but anyway back yeah. to the film. See, cats are impressive. um earlier she said she was annoyed but then she was excited about being annoyed and she was proud that she had feelings but then she had a terrible thought are these feelings even real or are they just programming and she says that really hurts, but then she gets mad at herself for feeling pain. Have you ever seen Westworld? I've seen Ooh, bits of it. Yes, I saw the first series. First series. as far Yeah, I've tried to get through series two a bunch of times. I've never made it through. I can't really remember it, but I, there was a couple of twists. Well, series one's great. So the basis behind Westworld, Georgia, you've seen part of it? 
I know the basis of it. I've never watched well, it properly, I'll but just I know talk it, it is. I'll talk it through so that anybody who doesn't know who's listening can access what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So the gimmick being, it's almost like a real-life version of like Red Dead Redemption or a video game like that, where uh-huh. you get to go live your cowboy fantasy out. And there are real people, and there's things that look like real people, but they're robots. And they take these robots in for conditioning because you get to shoot them. You have to do whatever you want to with them, which shows mankind's basest <laughs> desires. Pretty much. But as they're getting patched up every night, uh, one of them gains consciousness. You know, they wake up and they gain consciousness. And then they have to go through and say, look, everything you're saying here is just lines of code. Yeah. So I know you believe this is it. But even this conversation we were having right now, like it's it's scripted. I can tell you, I can tell you what's going to happen at the end of your rebellion. You, you're going to do this, yeah. And that's when they realize, and they go, "No, I'm not going to say that." And he flips over the the page and says, "No, I'm not going to say." It. Like it, it, it's 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 line for line, yeah. So this is the idea here. Like you know, Samantha feels that she's having feelings, but is it real feelings, or is it someone that someone's written for her to perceive it that she has she real feelings? She has, yeah, yeah. But the very notion of the fact that she's questioning the questioning whether it's real or not. I mean, you have Surely to make it a step above. Well, I don't know. You have to make a decision on that. That's very open ended. This film doesn't yeah. really tell you. I think this film wants you to believe that she does. Yeah, but it doesn't flat out tell you. No, because there's no way we would know on this side of it. Um, she said. Oh, I said already. He says that uh, she's in the room. You're in the room with me, and I wish I could touch you. And I've got my notes. They're going to have phone sex, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> I've also got, if she asks for a dead cat, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no more dead cats, please. Samantha, Samantha asks if he'd kiss her. And then, yeah, they basically have phone sex. Uh, Scarlett Johansson revealed that in the scenes where she, Samantha simulated having an orgasm, in this case simulated not meaning faked it, but meaning... The voice, not anything else. Well, no, went through her programming to have yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah an orgasm. Uh, that Walking Phoenix had to flee the set because he was losing it and had to try really hard not to burst out laughing. <laughs> it's a brave performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, hers is. Uh, it did make me laugh though because the Scarlett Johansson one is far more tame and far more kind of like not as like. It's more PG-13 than the first one is. I think that's part of it because you've got intimacy. Yeah. So this is, the irony is he had a conversation with a proper person that had no intimacy and it was just about gratification. Yeah. And then he has this conversation with a piece of technology, but it feels intimate. There's more stakes in it, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also just as an actor's point of view, I feel like it was a bit of a ScarJo kind of going, I will do this scene, but I'm not going 100% all in like the cat. Oh, no, did. I think this is 100% designed to show the difference between these but two. Because you have two examples. Why would you do Samantha, two of them if you're not supposed to compare them? Samantha can't well, I did compare them, but anything. I compared them on like an actor's scale rather than a... Uh, I'm like, yeah. if you're writing a story, this is exactly how you do this. I see. Because the whole film's about human interaction that lacks intimacy. Yeah. And then all the intimacy he finds, but the problem is it's a piece of AI. So how does, forget her bit where we talked about, sorry, I know I cut you off, Megs. I promise I'll throw it back to you. Um, the, the bit where he goes, we go, does she really feel feelings or do we know if it's not? Yeah. Does he, can he ever really feel confident in the fact that what he feels is a real thing back to him and not programming in return? Yeah. Like that would be, if it was me, that would be my my thing. How do you ever know? Well, that's why he does that. He speaks about with her, did having done research, doesn't he, about how rare it is for, to fall yeah. in love with a operating system and those sort of things. I assume that she just went around the internet and looked at loads of examples of porn and stuff, and then she knew how to react to it. Because the dead cat lady is actually getting off, isn't she? Whereas this is an AI sim- like simulating what a woman should sound like getting off. But she's, she's supposed not- to sound like the most real woman 
Yeah, she, she's is. not actually getting off though, is she? She's just what she is knows she? What, well, like, well, she can't. She, you know, she can't actually feel any physical touch. Can she feel any emotional feelings? Well, we don't know, but you, you're not going to be going ah with, from emotional feelings. It does seem like she's getting something out of it. It is, is, it, is it just the idea that she? I don't think this presents it, it as I'm pantsing that I'm actually I've got some power over him here. I don't think she's pantomiming. Like, I'm going to help him get his release. I don't think it's just that. It feels like there's something in this for her. It's an act of intimacy. She starts it. Mm. And it's not because he needs... You know, you know what she, I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird conversation, but yeah. I think she enjoys the the control she's starting to get over him. Control? Is it is it, is mm. it selfish or is well, it... I, I, think, I think she could be. Okay, Georgia? I don't know. Is this part of it is tricky because it's kind of like because they don't ever give us proper answers. This bit and then the bit that comes up a bit later, like she is obviously. It sounds like she is getting some emotional stimulation from these like moments that they have, but there is that kind of thing where the the noises and stuff that she's emulating usually come from physical touch, and she isn't getting that. So it's it's kind of a bit of a I don't really know how to read this. Wait, when you said she's researching, who was it who said that? Megs. Yeah, well, do, she, do you mean Scarlett Johansson or do you mean Samantha no, the AI? I mean Samantha. Okay. Like so the AI I, she I has access that. to everything, doesn't she? So I'm assuming yep. for an AI to know what you know, what happens during sex and how the, the woman responds, she's probably trawled the internet for videos or text okay. that gives her an answer to that i hate to jump ahead but i need to in order to ask this question is that okay mm-hmm. when she composes music yeah is she composing music or is she obviously she'll have gone through all the great piano concertos and things that, that have ever yeah. been symphonies that have been yeah. written is she actually being creative or is she just amalgamating so i think the film she could be this film asks you to go one of two ways you have to make the call she's just reassembling like google gemini yeah, yeah. is or there's a creative force that has developed through her learning something's awakening in the consciousness. Yeah, yeah. But I think as the audience, you have to choose one of those two pathways. What do you believe this consciousness What do you believe? And it has to be the word believe of. because there is no definitive answer. Yeah. That, that's all I'm thinking. Like, do I actually think that the consciousness feels something? Oh, the, the con- no, but the conscience doesn't know what it means to feel and therefore won't know what fake feeling is from real feeling is and so therefore might be mistaken that they're imagining feeling taking place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is it's very, very confusing because I think the film wants you to kind of... It, it simultaneously gives you different options whilst also trying to get you to believe this one way without thinking about it too hard. And I think parts of this film start to fall apart a little bit if you do think about it on that level. And this does follow the arc, though, of a relationship. This is the honeymoon phase. They're having their first night and they're going to be madly enraptured with each other and infatuated with each other until the first roadblock comes up. Yeah. Um... Where am I at here? Uh, they finished a conversation, and the cameras pans over the skyline. So I, I thought this was interesting because usually, you know, post uh, climax, you'd, you'd sort of focus on on the two characters in bed together, sort of having that moment as she lays front down, so we don't expose anything, and he sort of <laughs> stares up at the at, at the at, at the ceiling. But now we get the the city skyline as it is, which I, I kind of thought pointed out the 
synthetic the nature of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the idea that it's just like on a wireless connection this is coming across in moments this film did a good job of taking moments that should feel very very human and making you feel those things and then jumping to something that was the the opposite of that it it did a good it had a good kind of balance between here's a human emotion this is what you're familiar with this is what you expect and then bang here's how it is in this reality what do you feel about this the next morning things are a bit awkward Uh, she says something changed last night and it's like she's woken him up he's woken her oh he's woken her up sorry uh he says yeah i'm not really in a place to be committed right now and she goes well what makes you think i want to be committed and i'm like what besides the fact that you're like you have no other choice stuck in that phone forever yeah at this point in the movie right yeah yeah Yeah. um samantha says theater helped her discover her ability to want uh, so they go on a Sunday adventure. His phone is hanging through the bottom of his shirt, which Georgia mentioned wasn't that. It's the it's the safety pin pushing it up. Mm-hmm. And they talk about anatomy on the beach. And she goes, you know, if you had to see a person for the first time, how weird would that look like? And at no point is he going, yeah, that's Samantha's experience right now. Samantha's sort of looking at humans. Well, is she sort of fantasizing about what would happen if she had a body? Well, I think I had to go down that road a bit more than they did, but mm. they don't really. No, it's not that touchable, no. is it? The question is, though, at what point in their existence is Samantha already more informed than he is? Because she doesn't have to sleep. She computes like, what, she read a book in two one hundredths of a second at well, one she, point? Right from the start. Yeah. She's so, got access to so much. So at what point is she going to learn more about the human experience? But then she can learn through books, through film, through whatever yeah. she's got access to. So if you were to compare what it feels like how old they are like how long does it take a human to amass all this knowledge versus her i mean she would have passed him almost instantly with the with the, with the exception of mm-hmm. communication that would be the one thing where you'd fall behind when she's actual first-hand she, experience yeah communication. she's developing that as she communicates with him and yeah so i think she's already much more superpowered um samantha i said already um so then she she sends him a photo of a butthole and an armpit it's cute they don't really do enough with the whole like let me send you a picture of stuff it was the one time we saw it in the whole thing i can't even remember that bit yeah um she writes him some music about being on the beach with him right now but again if you typed into the computer compose me some music i bet you we could get an ai piece of music right now if we wanted to uh i haven't managed to make it something that we could use yeah i haven't managed to make it like make make music yet i haven't tried that i've done pictures it's about as far as i've gotten with it okay i'm sure there's something that could do it oh you can yeah Yeah. i'm sure you can you can get it to write stories and stuff Mm. we've done that i actually had it write a uh i had it write about best film ever in the form of a sonnet (laughs) chat gpt is very good it was pretty actually maybe it was chat gpt no no it wasn't it was about my best film ever chat gpt doesn't know best film ever um so i made it do that in the form of a sonnet but the the uh, the the iambic cut cut wasn't um the iambic pentameter wasn't 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 strong enough um it was kind of it was like nine syllables, eight syllables, ten syllables. Like, can you fix this so it's ten syllables? And then it just spit out the same poem again. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't like it. Computer says no in that instance. You don't know how to talk. So you don't know what a syllable is, silly thing. Mm. 
Um, so uh, he she asked, what was it like being married? And he goes, hard for sure, but it feels good to share your life with somebody. And he said, the good part <laughs> is seeing people grow. That's the fun part about being married. I guess any relationship in general. The hard part is when you grow apart. And that, that hit home a bit where I was like, yeah, I think I, I, think I can speak to that. Mm. Um, she says, for instance, I was offended by something you said last week. And it was the bit about, you know, feeling. You know, you don't know what it's like to lose someone. Like, I was offended by that. And it's like, well, hang on. If I can just be on theater side for a minute. You don't know? Well, what, who, who has she lost? Yeah, that's, that's, that's my theory. So how, how can she relate to that experience? Yeah, so I was kind of, I was kind of with theater on that one. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then they, they, they determine the past is just a story that, that you tell yourself. And I think we just sort of talked about it a little bit because you curate it a little bit, don't you? Yeah. So it's, I remember there was a, um, there was a, when I, when I was married, there was a, a couple in the family, extended family, who broke up. And it was very much, uh, let me come up with names that aren't accurate. Um, <laughs> let's call uh, let's call her Juliet. Let's call him Romeo. That way it can't be any confusion. So Juliet was caught sending messages to someone who wasn't Romeo. Uh-oh. And the problem is Juliet's like a member of the, is, is the immediate family. Romeo's the in-law. Okay. Right? So I'm in the Montague house, right? Mm-hmm. So all the Montagues, at first, we're with Romeo going, hey, Romeo's been hard done by here. Like, Juliet, was that was bang out of line. And then a couple of months go by, and you start to hear it pivot. And you go, well, what we didn't know was that Romeo was doing this. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, yeah. I think what I determined was for that family to continue to function, they're going to have to all agree upon a mutual narrative that makes Juliet out to be not the villain that they originally were presented as not because it's the truth but it's because you got to you got to see this person and you, you you're not going to see romeo anymore at some point romeo is gonna disappear probably romeo and julia had kids together but at some point you know to, to, to balance this out we have to make juliet back to being the proper one and in most cases most parties might have had a part to play anyway yeah so. but but i watched it change and change significantly mm-hmm. where now juliet was the victim over i'm like no no no. juliet said i sat around going oh oh if 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 i ever break up with this person it doesn't matter what it is it, it, it'll shift and i get that because there's, there's the narrative you have to tell yourself so the family can still function as a family yeah that's what makes it tricky that's what makes it tricky mm-hmm. right and truth sometimes will take a back seat to the stories you have to agree upon you know, subliminally, you don't sit in a room and decide it. But what's the way we're going to do this? This is going to be the way we're going to do this. <laughs> so um, uh, back at work, Chris Pratt hears that the Theodore's writing and says, man, I wish a chick would write to me like this or hire you to write to me on their behalf. <laughs> it's like you're part man and part woman. <laughs> and uh, he's, oh, I mean, it is a good thing. Uh, meanwhile, um, so I... And this goes back to his thing. Like he wants, he didn't like being called a puppy dog, and he definitely doesn't like this side of it. But he's a sensitive man, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he is. And so at home, he runs into Amy, um, and uh, she's like, "How you doing?" He's like, "I'm great," because he's in the thralls of you know he's he's hooking up with his phone every night. <laughs> yeah, <up>. you know. <laughs> um, and so, but you can see, and if you look at Amy Adams at all, like she's just like going through the motions here. Mm-hmm. Because she's getting her mail, he like playfully like kicks the back of her leg, mm. which I hate. 
<laughs> don't kick my leg. Don't make me fall over. People try uh, every time people try and do that to me. It becomes this thing of why can't we make Georgia fall over? Because I'm, because my like knees are hypermobile anyway. Like I'm constantly on that position of my yeah. knee might fall out of its socket. So like even if someone pushes my knee out, I'm like I'm fine. I'm not well, going to fall fun. over. So Don't it becomes a bit Georgia's of a game. Knees, it's quite everyone. funny. There you go. <laughs> I'm standing it's up fine. for Georgia. I'm a, I, I'm used to it. It's all good. Oh, she, well, you shouldn't have to be. <laughs> um. So eventually they find out as they're going up the synthetic elevator forest that um, Amy's not. She split up with Charles. And she goes, it's amazing the argument that ends these things. And for her, the argument was about where she put her shoes down. So he wanted her to put the shoes by the door. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, I just want to sit here for a moment and not do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have any breakup stories like this. Uh, all of the breakups that I've been part of, it seems like they were kind of already coming. Yeah, I don't think I've had anything where like just it just spontaneously just happens. No, yeah. no. Well, no, I think this one was already coming. I well, think this was just the straw that broke the camel's back. That's what she's saying. You, you never seen that? And I'm, look, can we sit down? I want to tell you something. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've always wondered about that that phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. What is all that about? Well, see, I even that camels were usually used to haul like stuff, horses, weren't they? Yeah. yeah so you but, put lots of stuff on, but eventually there has to be something that's too much weight. And the idea is it, it doesn't have to be this really giant tiny. weight. Eventually, there's just this one bit of weight that oh, will break yeah, the back. So I suppose the straw is so, lightweight, so it's just something that can be the thing. little thing that makes everything else yeah. fall down. Okay, fair enough. There you go. Like if you're having a bad day, like if you're emotional or whatever, and you like drop a teaspoon, and that's it. You're like it. in puddles yeah. of tears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, the, it's not, it's not the spoon's not the reason why you're, yeah. you're first into tears. It's the cumulative effect of all those things. Yeah, it's definitely not personal experience. Don't even know about that. <laughs> um, and so she discovers she couldn't do this anymore. And she said that she told him, I'm going to bed and I don't want to be married anymore. That was that. Fair enough. Um, Samantha later asks um, Theodore, hey, what does a baby computer call its father? <laughs> Data. Mm-hmm. Which works if you do that only and not what, data. Yeah, only works yeah, in the data, in, data. in in North in American. American. Yeah, yeah. Because um, here it would be data. Yes, Samantha asks. Actually, I think data, data, data. I think in North America they're used very. I don't think it was an agreed upon thing because mm-hmm. it was Lieutenant Commander Data. That was his name right. on Star Trek. So I think I've always said data, data, data. Yeah. But then there's the difference. Yes, I don't. I don't do the syllable break in the same place you do because yeah. we would go data. Yeah. So D A T would be the first syllable, and the uh would be the last syllable. Where here yeah. you go data. And very, the North American kind of use of a, a T or almost turns into D, almost turns into a D, which is why this which joke is, which works. Is, which is why the data works. Yeah. yeah. Whereas here, even even if you said said it that way, it would still be very T sounding. So it doesn't data. Work. Uh, yeah. yeah, data. Yeah, it does. It still doesn't have the same effect. Data. Samantha asks if Amy and Theodore ever went out. And he goes, I don't know, a bit in college. I kind of thought she was going to start getting jealous. I was like, oh, I'm here for a movie where the AI starts like playing up. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought at this point, at some point, Samantha was going to go evil. Yeah. And, like, I think she start. does. She does get well, jealous. She just doesn't act on it. No, she does. I thought it was something that could have been unpacked. Maybe it was in the edit, but I thought it was something that could have been unpacked more. Mm. I thought a lot more. I thought this is going to turn into like a more sinister version of Samantha. Especially because right after this, she's like, can I watch you sleep again? And he's like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, oh, okay. This oh, is. Because you wouldn't let a human, not you wouldn't let, but a human just wouldn't stand there watching you sleep. That feels weird. Yeah. Now, Samantha doesn't need to sleep. But also, is she actually watching that entire time? Well, I think at this point she is. I think she's being genuine. Mm, At this point, maybe, yeah. Mm, I'm not sure. Okay, but based on what? 
based on stuff that we learn later on. Okay, we'll come back to this. So then. I won't, obviously. Um, at the child's party, Theodore gives his niece a dress that Samantha picked out. And for the first time, he says, yeah, my girlfriend picked it out. And we're like, oh, yeah. we're using this term now. And he goes, oh, she doesn't have a body. She lives in my phone. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is weird. But he's being really normal about it. Yeah, but he he's is. being normal about it to the, a the kid because he's kid. taking it for a trial run, yeah. isn't he? The kid yeah. kind of gives him a little bit of a look. She's like, oh. she's like, this is his safety blanket trial run. Yeah. She's like, my uncle is such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely older than four. <laughs> There's video. Oh yeah, yeah, There's video game programming going on, and it's toxic femininity about being the best mom. This is funny. Oh yeah, this weird game. You have to be yeah. the best mom, mom and have your stuff and win mom points. And I'm like, it looks quite stressful to be honest. That game. <laughs> yeah. For once, I feel pretty confident that men can't be blamed for this one. <laughs> I think we're all right. I think on behalf of the men, this is moms doing moms wrong. Oh, there is a, there is an entire mm. like culture within like even like there is a lot of women that I, need to I've, be more feminist I've, than they are. Because I've this heard is, about this. Yeah. yeah, this is still very much a thing. <sighs> the whole like I'm the best mum going at the detriment of this is all an echo. I think about social media. Mm. Again, yeah, because social media taught way. us you're not you have to compare yourself to other people yeah. social media did this to us yeah. look at my life look at the that we said it's fake it's been curated yeah. but how do i present that front so i win the clout in whatever the situation is before you would just hear about it through other people but now i don't you're remember presented he- with it like i never remember hearing my mom gym, talk about it? how she doesn't measure up compared to other moms or like, i don't remember anybody talking about that no i mean just more like you might see that like on facebook you're, you're constantly seeing people's lives kind of appear in front of yeah. you whereas in before we had like facebook and stuff you might hear someone say oh this person got married or this person's pregnant but you yeah. don't have to be like, constantly but this is a daily thing because of the i think it's installed in us a, a competitive comparative society yeah yeah mm. so sucks <laughs> pretty uh, much I mean, I don't know, Megs, you work in a primary school. Do you see any of this sort of stuff? I also think it's a bit more North American than British. I'm not saying it's not the well, same, the but parents. I think it's I think it's at its worst um, example of it yeah. in North America. I think just little occasions where we have dress up days or things like that, potentially. Um, you could see a few examples with what they come in wearing or, you know, oh you know, I've got the best costume, that sort of thing. I don't really see much of it like outside on the the playground as such, though, with the mums. Okay. So, um, Charles has given a six-month vow of silence with monks. I guess it's just a way to write him out of the movie. Yeah, it was a really random way yeah. to get rid of him, though. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Amy says she has a new friend. It's an operating system that mm. Charles left behind. And she says, do you know what operating systems and people are having romantic relationships? It's a woman in my office who's, who's having a relationship with someone else's OS. Yeah. And he goes, well, actually, I'm dating an OS. And... Uh, she goes, what's that like? He goes, oh, I don't know. He's like, but when I'm in bed, when we're in bed cuddling, I can really feel her. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't, you can't cuddle. You can't physically feel her. Also, you think- might like have convinced yourself that you can. Also, it's not like when we're laying there holding the word cuddle. It's got such a yeah. oh, physical connotation physical, to it. Yeah, I mean, as much as it's got a literal one, it has a, yeah, has that figurative one as well, right? It's like not onomatopoeia, but like, you know, when someone says cuddle, yeah. it has, it has yeah. a physical feeling to it. This is a metaphorical cuddle. And he says, well, yeah. not so, because he says he can really feel can her. really feel, mm, maybe but You can't though, can you, mate? No. He intimates, he says, you've fallen in love? He goes, I don't know. 
and I'm like, I've been watching this movie for about an hour and ten minutes at this point. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, but she can't, like, in a way, she can't go against him in any way. So, in a way, this is kind of a bit too of an easy relationship for him as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, of, they're not going to have the arguments and the silly over the silly shoes or. Okay, so, yeah. So here's the thing. So if we can bind the idea that she is a consciousness, then is she enslaved? Well, she is, yeah, slightly, because there is a lot of ethical questions she about. She has no choice. Men who, like, like you said, there are people in different countries where the technology is far more advanced than it is in the rest of the world, who are starting to have relationships and forego human connections for AI and for robotic connections. And then there's this kind of element of, oh, okay, but are we not then letting people? have very problematic relationships because they are the only one with any control or any power like they are and then if you let these people who are used to say talking to an ai in whatever way they want whichever way they get gratification from it and then still but they're still functioning in the real human world as well like what are we doing to people by letting this happen can i respond to your question with a question yeah okay so let's take societies where typically um very specific gender roles and mm-hmm. the man went out and did the working thing and he came home and the woman was in the domestic thing and these ideas of strong dominant men yeah. and subservient women in marriages was that any different no i don't think it is but i think what we're doing by allowing so it's almost like because society has moved away from that in giving and I'm going to use men as the example just because it seems statistically it's the, more prominent. It's, it's the platform period. Um, but also it feels very much like because society's moved away from that, men who haven't been able to go, no, but that's what I want. I want to be in control. I want to be this, I want this gender norm. Mm-hmm. We're giving them a way to still fulfill that in a way that has no pushback at all, no boundaries, no anything else. Where Right, but the, the, AI, is, the AI is a piece of programming. It is, but that person still has that, uh, is still getting satisfaction from that and is still then functioning in the real world. Like the way they treat an AI can absolutely then bounce back uh, I, I and reflect how they treat I, other people. I think what has to happen though is we have to see them treating people in the real world badly. No, I know. It's just, okay. it, uh, this, is this is more case, of a hypothetical he, thing. He what happens if this does go this far? Because it, it can. But also we were saying about is she enslaved? Well, can she be enslaved though? Because she's not real. Well, the, back to the idea of if she's a consciousness, then yeah. she is enslaved. But is she... It, That's why I use the word yeah. if. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So yes. if we can, you know, the old, the old com, computer programming binary, so if zero slot dot one, uh, zero comma one. So if she is a consciousness, then she is enslaved. But if she's not a consciousness, then no, it's no, no. different than saying is Mario enslaved by my Nintendo Switch. Yeah. I don't have a Nintendo Switch, but my, 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 my SNES mini. It's you view, view it in, it's how I British. Guess. You want to know how I knew I was getting more British? Why? I referred to my sink and I picked up this pot. I walked out to put this pot up and I had like this film on the bottom of it because yeah. I must have left something to soak last night. I was like, oh, it's grim. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's pretty much the most British thing I've ever said. What's saying grim? Grim, yeah. That's definitely, oh. oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's grim, sir. That's grim. That is a bad. Grim meaning gross, disgusting. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very British. What else does grim mean? Well, grim meaning like the, the grim reaper, the serious, deathly, right? No. You're looking grim. That means you look serious. You look, you look in a bad mood. That's not the same as gross. No, no worries. We've reappropriated it to use. As- it's got a bit of a more social, colloquial version of it here. Mm, okay. Oh, that's grim, mate. Yep. Yeah. Grim. Um, grim. So where am I at? 
Um, he intimates oh, fall in love with her. He says to some, he tells Samantha, "That's it. I'm signing the papers on Wednesday in person." And Samantha starts to get jealous again. She is a body. You were married to her. And I'm like, he's oh, this signing is divorce papers. This is in, he says that's what he says. I'm yeah. divorce papers. She's like, yeah, but still, you know, you're reminiscing. And I'm like, oh, this could be. And then it doesn't really go anywhere. So I think there's stuff. Obviously, stuff's been been edited out of this but film. But does she just know that this isn't a reaction girlfriends have to someone saying their ex? So is that why she's picking up on that? And, and we can ask that about just just about to save us some time. We can ask that about everything she'll say in the whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. At the meeting, we meet Catherine. Catherine is someone we would have seen earlier in the pod, Georgia. I think you were on for this one. Hmm. Remember we did the girl with the dragon tattoo and like epi- oh we not for that one. one no this is Rooney Mara who played the female lead in that movie uh, looking very different that was one of the first episodes I was not on that's so right. I imagine that's a uh, that's why Google uh, Gemini that's why Gemini doesn't it, it is just using that episode yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they embra- and it's played by Rooney Mara. Uh, they embrace. It's difficult as they watch him embrace, and then he signed the paper, and she asks, "What's the rush?" And I didn't know if it's "What's the rush?" Let's just have this last lunch so I together. Was, I, I was confused about this because, yeah, because he made it. Like- he was the one dragging it along yeah. because he was. He does apologize for it. Yeah, and then when they get there, it's She's almost like, like now she yeah. isn't that in a rush there's one of it to be done and then there's the immediacy of the okay now i really have to sign this thing mm. this is gonna be it, 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 it's, it's a toggle switch we were we were married and now we're divorced yeah that signature is 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 an is an absolute yeah but yeah. i don't know it just came across like she was waiting for him to so sign it, the papers it's kind of a speech i used to do whenever i do like the last night i'd go today we're people who are doing a show together <laughs> when we're done we're people who were in a show together and you know we are married we were married that's what that signature does yeah so um Catherine's hand is shaking but she signs and theodore has another flash of memories again um and it's interesting oh here's something most of the memories he has has to do with looking at her physical contact yeah. there are very little dialogue yeah, yeah a lot of it's looking and touching yeah and these are two things he cannot do with yeah, samantha yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, his cadence i found in this film was very arthur fleck anybody else his Elaborate. his non-joker joker character um uh i i can't compare i can't remember i try because i, but I did so i do remember i do quite distinctly i went looking for the subtitles on this film I, because the way mumbling. he speaks he yeah. mumbles i struggled to understand him sometimes and because he beginning. wasn't moving his mouth yeah. i couldn't even like attempt to like lip breathe no, syllables okay and things i could not understand no, him actually, for a lot I, of this i i was the same I especially really at the beginning yeah okay. when yeah. he's in bed Very or if mumbly, he's mumbly. tired he mumbled and didn't move his mouth and That's i was funny. like when, when you're tired you slur your words together i do yeah yeah no i know i do but like i'm not i'm gonna get a I'm sign that a, says enunciate and hold it up i'm not in a film like <laughs> no you this would be like if scarlet johansson was mumbling <laughs> it's like oh, you she, really don't have any you don't have any of the other 90 percent to go off of it's just your voice can you help us out at least it's not all the time i'm a delight when i'm tired I don't <laughs> oh, I, i'm the same when i'm tired um she asked if he's seeing anybody he says he is and the longest of anyone since they split up and he says it's great to be with someone who's excited about life and Catherine takes a front to this yeah i would too it feels like you're saying i'm not Mm. yeah there's some he he's saying no no he means it in no way, he means but, i'm not yeah and he tries to pivot that of course it's the end of a, of a marriage like everything yeah. you say gets taken the wrong way yeah, it is. and he doesn't phrase it well but she can't give him because it's gone so badly she won't give him the benefit of a doubt to, to, to go no, I, I really meant this she's she's not gonna have it mm-hmm. no 
and you, you get a, you get a glimpse into why they might have broken up in this in the flashbacks in the things she says like she says something about you wanted to, you wanted to put me on prozac and mm. and have like a happy have a happy wife all the time you weren't ready to deal with all of the emotions yeah and that's i find that side of it really quite fascinating because it kind of gets another glimpse into him whether she's reliable or not we don't know well, we do but, get told by amy yeah i don't know if it's later i don't know if it's before that uh his wife i forget what her name was Catherine. that Catherine's emotions were volatile yeah and so he's, he's like you know hey, i understand a bit more of a limited emotion because yeah, yeah, yeah. she was volatile it's 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 found it really interesting though because obviously there is a completely different because we don't ever get answered by the film we don't ever see why they broke up or whatever happened you only get glimpses of it yeah, and it's really interesting then to like study the character of theodore if you if you believe what she says like mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting uh she says she like, he withdrew she he left her alone basically um and he tells her though that Catherine is an op he tells Catherine samantha is an operating system and um he says that uh and she's like, oh, you can't deal with someone with real emotions. This is perfect for you. And yeah, if you want to be a cynic, absolutely. You got someone who can never leave you. Yep. That's you got someone saying, who can give you yeah. exactly what you yeah. want. There is a fun reading of this film. And by fun, I mean, like, interesting where you go, oh, no, he's actually is an asshole and, a, mm-hmm. and whatever. If you take Catherine's side in this, it's you can look at this film through a very different lens. Well, there's this idea. I mean, if you want to go all the way down this road, I mean, not going too far from where you're at, he doesn't want a woman. He wants a hyper real idea of what a woman is. Yeah. So I want a woman who will be, hey, be that funny person for me. Say that thing to cheer yeah, me up. I'm can. Moby. There you are. Yeah. And you can't ever leave me. No. So do that thing that makes me find what I need to get out of, of the situation. He's found his version of the dead cat sex talk. Yeah. Because what does she, she tells him to do something and he, he, he buys into her fantasy, this woman, right? Yeah. So now he's got a version of it for himself, but the one who can never leave, you never log off. Yeah. You can go down that it's, reading. It's an easy route for him, isn't it? In a way, it's probably easier than a, a real relationship with a real person. Right. And that's the, I mean, you can easily look at this guy and go, wait, hang on. As a viewer, am I really supposed to buy into the idea that he falls in love with his, with his operating system and we're not going, that's weird? Is it, yeah, you kind of go, is it love? or is it no you've found a captive audience and i think amy adams's role in this is is important in making in helping us say no no see it this way yeah yeah spike jones wants you to see it this way yeah um where are we at here uh she accuses him of not being able to deal with real emotions uh and the waitress comes at the absolute worst time <laughs> can <laughs> i help you guys well we used to be married and now he's dating his phone <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next conversation now Theodore's acting differently towards Samantha because her words have has, you know Catherine's words still have clout in his head yeah and when she dismisses the legitimacy of his relationship so does he and um, so he, he's distancing and because she's not been on this side of it no matter all the research she's done she can't really pick up on it yeah and then uh, we meet Tatiana who's Paul's girlfriend and Paul says, hey, I spoke to your girlfriend on the phone. She's funny. She gained independence because he never asked yeah. her to do this. This is, this is no. There's a bit of a, of a switch This could be a well. horror movie this really is, easy. Yeah, could, yeah. She, could she start to get a yeah. bit more ominous? And he goes, this is my girlfriend, Tatiana. She's not funny. She's a lawyer. 
<laughs> which is a great line but she kind of hits him and you know what they have they can sit there and touch each other yeah they can have banter this and seems have like a nice touch. relationship yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. paul wants the double date and he goes yeah my girlfriend's an operating system and paul doesn't register it looks like he no, just goes he just, no. we'll go here yeah and then at first i thought he didn't get it but maybe he does and he's, he's just, just like, like okay bring it along yeah yeah uh, there's a middle of the night phone call from Samantha and she says, are you up? He goes, yeah. I says, oh, things feel off lately. We haven't had sex recently. And he goes, oh, that's because, you know, a lot of couples do this. We've done the honeymoon, honeymoon period and yeah. now we're kind of doing that bit where it's not as whatever. Yeah, actually have to work for the relationship at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, and you're not, you haven't got a real physical relationship, so it's going to get a bit This funny, is where Samantha it? goes. Yeah. I, f- I found someone, someone who wants to help us. Oh, this, this confused my the brain. The sexual surrogate. And he goes, this is too far. Mm. And I've gotten my notes. Isn't this the physical version of what he does with the letters? Yeah, it is. I'm going to write it and we're going to pretend it's mm. from this person. Yeah, because she doesn't ever, she gets, she doesn't ever speak. The difference is, and we don't know if the people who he sends the letters to are in on it, mm. if they know, but they'll they'll all know here. Yeah, yeah. And he says he feels uncomfortable with it. And she says, hang on, it's important to me. And so, she, you know, Siri gets what Siri wants. He caves to he caves. a inanimate, like, ob- who he, who he was Who he was already feeling weird about before. Yeah. So there's a surrogate date. The surrogate comes in. I will say the actress who plays the the role isn't the same as the voice we hear. Isn't. They're two different actors. Oh, okay. So... So if you want to vote for the voice in the bathroom as your voice <laughs> actor of the year, you can do that. That's interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. I wonder why they didn't... I don't know. The girl... It's a singer, the one who's the voice. Okay, because the, the girl who they who is the like the visual appearance... Yeah, I think it's like Porsche something or other. She, in the... And this is sound really weird. In the weirdest way, looks like a robot. Yeah, she does a little bit. Doesn't like she? she? It's like an android or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just, well, part of it's the... Uh, the so uh, I wonder if that's why they didn't See, match I was, the voice. Oh, that's interesting. So it feels disassociated anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because she doesn't... She looks very much like she's a... Like, if you did... Yeah, if you right. made another film and she was a... She was an android, you could believe it. She's got that look about her, but obviously yeah. her voice wasn't... See, I was right. wondering at the time when I was watching it, like, did Samantha... Was she like another client of Samantha's who was like, why did this girl consent to this? Well, it, apparently there's a database. There's says, a database and people who want to help people in situations like ours. Oh, okay. So it's a common issue, is it? Well, apparently. This, it uh, seems like it, yeah. yeah. Okay. That seems a very... Doesn't cost anything. Uh, she just wants to be in. And she does express her feelings about it. Yeah. Uh, this is Portia Doubleday who plays Isabella, which I think is is like means beautiful. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so just the physical appearance. So the exact opposite. We don't hear her voice ever, so she's the opposite of Samantha. Samantha's all voice, and but you can't touch and you can't see. This is the opposite. Is she's not being, going. Yeah. She's just a physical. Um, but essentially, she's just going to have sex with a stranger. Yeah, but, but she's in on it. She's she, well, she's, she's obviously consenting. She's a consenting she? adult in this. Yeah, it's, it's still very odd. Um, the surrogate comes in is nonverbal. She responds to her cues. They both have an earpiece in. And so she has to kind of like act with her eyes to kind of reinforce what Samantha is saying to both of their mutual headsets. Whether what he's hearing, I imagine what he's hearing and what she's hearing are actually two different voices because 
Samantha will be giving her instructions. directions on what yeah. to do she with can, them. She can do that, yeah. can't yeah. she, to it once. So, so <laughs> yeah, she can. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, uh, leave me alone. It kind of works, actually. <laughs> both ways. Um, um, so with prompting, he takes the surrogate to the bedroom. Uh, she had previously done a little dance for him. She's a very beautiful woman. Mm. Yeah. And he goes, tell me you love me. And her back is, the surrogate's back is to him. And he and goes, he I love it. you. And then she goes face to face. Let me see your face. And it's this idea of, so like Samantha's coming a little unhinged here because Samantha's investing that I am this person. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. So the whole, let me see your face. You can already, unless she's got, well, she's got this mole here. Is that supposed to be like a camera? It is a camera. I think it's like a camera. She does say yeah. it's okay. a camera. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Tell me you love me and he can't do it. And Isabella freaks out because she just wanted to be part of a pure love. And he says, I saw her lip quiver. And she's like, I'm, and she'll see she, this. Isabella feels that this is her fault that yeah. I've ruined this, this wonderful love because my lip quivered. This is so strange. Samantha asks, what's wrong with us? As he's put Isabella into the cab and Theodore thinks it's him and his divorce papers. And they start microanalyzing each other because she goes, <sighs> and he goes, why do you do that? Why do you do that? <laughs> well, she goes, I don't know. It's just something that I've, I've, I've learned. He goes, but you don't need to breathe. And he won't let it go. No. So what, what does it matter? If she says, if she makes a metaphor, oh, you know, kill me now. You can't be killed. Why would you say it's the things you do when you're in a relationship and you're just picking it apart. Yeah. Yeah, the sigh is just like oh. This I'm is what happens not when happy with this. <laughs> she's just trying to sort of process, but he, pun not intended. And he's going, and he's process. going. Um, you know, the communication's broken down, right? So yeah. everything becomes a battlefield. Um, he accuses her of pretending to be human, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Trust me, I know I'm not human." And he says, "Maybe we shouldn't be together in this way right now." And she says, "I don't like who I am right now. I need some time to think." And so he goes to Amy, uh, and he said, tells Amy, look, I, I never know what I want. And uh, Amy says that uh, Catherine's emotions were pretty volatile. This is where we find this out here. And uh, so uh, he asks her, do you think I'm ready for a real relationship? And she goes, how do you know what you have right now isn't a real relationship? And she says that she's realized that, look, we're only here briefly. So while she's here, she's going to enjoy herself. She's going to allow herself to 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 have joy. So fuck it. So he goes to sleep briefly on her couch and then wakes up to her bonding with her AI. And I wonder if viewing it, it's the only time we sort of see someone else engaging with their AI at this level. Mm-hmm. We see sort of panning shots, but as far as this. And I wonder if that's supposed to, because she looks really happy as she's talking to her AI, but we're with him on the couch. We only hear the voice in her head. So I wonder if it's supposed to show us that it's kind of empty. What was your take on this part? I thought this was showing us that he was starting to believe that it was okay again, because he was obviously having a bit of a crisis of faith about whether it was okay that he was in a relationship with an AI and therefore seeing someone else engaging with an ai in a positive way and getting some sort of actual connection out of it he kind of goes oh, okay it is all right it's not just me doing it i'm not a freak so he trusts amy because they've been friends for a while and if so when she says it's yeah. okay it calibrates him yeah okay she, she seems quite happy for him to be in that relationship doesn't she she doesn't question it or anything i think the i think the director uses amy as our 
here's a normal good person. Here's a barometer, yeah. Yeah. Amy is our uh, barometer of morality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which makes sense, what you said, Georgia, because he talks with Samantha, and uh, he apologizes. And uh, says there's a string of behaviors that I've noticed I do, and I'm trying to work on them. Samantha says, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about why you felt that way. And it's a bit of a sign. You're going, oh, is she dumping him? Mm. And she goes, and then I realize I just love you. I don't need an intellectual reason. I'll just feel my way, and you need to trust in me. They have lunch. And she wrote a song about looking at a photograph. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be Nickelback's. Look at this photograph. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Every time I do it makes me laugh. Rhyming couplet. I'm sure that came up last week. It did. Oh, yeah, it did. His photo was the uh, yes, the, the, the random word. Uh, there's a montage of Theodore seeming happy. And it ends with the double date. <laughs> and he's talking to Paul about like, oh, it's great. And yeah, we're, we're, we're in this place too. And yada, yada, yada. And they go back and Samantha's having a great conversation with uh, Paul's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, despite being an AI. And then Samantha tells the three of them she loves not having a body because she won't have to die. Yep. And I was like. Oh, is this the place? I can't wait for this place to go down like a a sinister road and it doesn't happen, which is fine. But it shows you lots of opportunities where it could. And I think that's really interesting as well. I think it's trying to show their incompatibility because she's now, uh, all movie long, she's been obsessed with the idea of having a human body of I want to be human, I want to be human. And this is a tipping point or a turning point because it's the first time she goes, no, hang on, there's a lot of positives in me not having a body. But she was going on about not having lost someone, but actually she would have to lose somebody if she's never going to die, potentially. Well, now, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. The first, this, I think this is one of the first times where you also go, oh, okay, she definitely is going to break up with him because she's starting to realise that she will always outlive him and that she's, they are not yeah. compatible, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, going home, she's got emails about letters he wrote that's going to be presented as a narrative. I don't know how his clients will feel about their letters being used in this capacity. Yeah, this made me laugh. I was kind of like, mm. um, imagine finding out. I that assume it's anonymous. Are... Anonymous? They're going to post them? Well, no, all the, all the letters had anonymously. All the letters still had all the names in them when they, when he got the proof later. Yeah, as long as it's mm. like, you know. You think they'll change the names or something? As long as it's Jennifer rather than Jennifer Aniston. Maybe you're okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like people are still going to read this book and I'll go. Oh, that's me! And unwittingly, and you go, are profiting oh, off this of is a letter I yeah, got. Yeah, maybe there's some sort of words in the verbiage that says that they still have right to oh, the I text it does. and the ownership the, the, of the letter still, itself. Yeah, probably, the yeah, probably owns sign those. it. Yeah, I have the copyright to this yeah, letter. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So it ends with a double. Oh, say that already. Uh, they go away to a cabin for the weekend. This is odd. Because he's there just by himself. Well, it's such a romantic trope. But also, what hit me was, like, she doesn't know. Think about the things that we use as, like, romantic gestures. So going away. Cooking or, you know. Cooking was the big one. Eating, right? Meals. And I'm like, that's that's a shared activity because everyone's got to eat. Yeah. Well, not in this case. Yeah. But it's, it's the pantomiming of these things where like these two are clearly not in the same i kept trying to figure out if this movie was using ai as a metaphor for anything like if it represents a you know a group or something a situation where people can't end up together Mm. and instead i just think it's it's a it's it's a wider conversation about uh our 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 infatuation with technology yeah probably 
and the fact we're losing our humanity because of how close to mm. our technology we're becoming. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. I think it's really That's funny. my take, but this scene with the cabin as well I was like this is again another moment where I kept expecting it to turn or something because or for him to lose contact with her because that was a very isolated place. It was like is he going to have signal? Yeah, is yeah, she yeah. going to yeah, be able happens? to get through? There's yeah. a world where you always get signal. Yeah. There was one part where I went, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, George just like... Accidentally flicked a piece of wooden knife across, across the thing. Yeah. I was just breaking it and it, I managed to lose control of it and it flicked. So in the morning, uh, it turns out she's been speaking to Alan. Alan? Alan's another AI um, um. played by, in this case, Brian Cox. Um, it's a second appearance in the pod. Is was? How do you know Brian Cox? Brian Cox is in the... Dr. Brian Cox. What do you mean? You have to go a bit further. What do you mean by Dr. Aren't Brian Cox? two Brian Coxes. Oh, are they two Brian Coxes? Which Brian Cox are you talking about? The one who is the actual guy who does all the BBC stuff. No, this is the actor Brian Cox. Uh, uh, he, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Uh, Brian Cox looks like this. And he's... Okay, not that one. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I know he was in... Uh, he was in Braveheart. Uh, I don't know what he did in Braveheart. Yeah, I was thinking about this man. No, definitely not the same guy. <laughs> not the same guy at all. Too many coxes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, Royal National Theatre. Did a lot of Royal National Theatre. Uh, I'm not going to scroll anymore, but he's been in stuff. All right. <laughs> So anyway, uh, he is a construction of a real person, but they've recreated them using AI. Yeah. Um, See, this you can do. You can talk to, there are websites where you can talk to characters or like versions of, like AI versions of people or characters. Can so you? you can like go on a website and like click a either like a character type or you, and there are some that like specifically you could pick like again i'll go back to just, you could like pick harry potter and you could have an ai conversation with harry potter but the ai is basically absorbed everything it can about that character and will respond presented as such yeah yeah um he's playing okay. a, a thing of alan watts who is an english writer speaker and self-styled philosophical entertainer oh. known for interpreting and popularizing buddhist taoist and hindu philosophy for a western audience so yeah, very uh, very out there. Um and so this feels like an other so I thought it was going to be like a like a a love triangle now. Mm. Where it was going to be she's going to be having an affair with a guy you can't see either and they have this yeah. commonality and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Well, uh, yeah, that would be a good way to go yeah. as well, wouldn't it? Cuz yeah, they've got more in common. But she says that she feels like she's changing too quickly and asks if she can speak to Alan non-verbally. Because they'll be able to do infinite yeah. communications. She phones him later and just wants to... Uh, so he goes home. She phones him in the middle of the night. Says, I just want to hear your voice. But then says, I love you. Go to sleep. Um, which you're like, oh, is this touching? Or is this concerning? Is this is very just like self-satisfying? Or- yeah, I've done my bit. I've checked in. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've said hi. So you can't say I haven't said hi. Yeah. Go to sleep. Because that way we don't have to talk. Yeah. Uh, he tries to communicate with her later, and she's not responding. Operating system not found. And he freaks out. Now, I want to live in this world where he never loses signal. Yeah. Mm, I, I see. I thought at this point that she was choosing not to respond. I think she was, yeah. But I think... Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's going to be signal losses at some point. 
it, the film wants us to think that it's a like that maybe the whole system's been taken down like she'll never come back not that mm-hmm. it's just a yep like temporary blip or whatever but she comes on board after he's freaking out and there's a couple other people who are obviously Had lost this, connection yeah. and then uh he gets it back and he's in this like almost subway entrance i think mm-hmm. and he says and then she notices as he's talking to her because he was so worried he couldn't How get a hold of her is. And then he looks around and he sees other people now talking who were, and it's, it's a certain type of person who's talking. Mm. Like these look, you know, they, they visually look like people who would be social recluses is the nicest way yeah. I can say it. Um, and so they're happily talking to their phones and he goes, you talking to anybody else right now? And the answer is <laughs> 8,316 people. Yep. yep. Are you in love with anybody else? What makes you ask that? He says, I don't know. Are you? She goes, I've been trying to figure out how to t- tell you about this. How many? 641. But it doesn't mean I love you any less. In fact, it makes me love you more. Now, I think something that it could have talked about and chooses not to is that the human experience of love is based on exclusivity. Mm-hmm. It's the, the idea. Part, yeah. yeah, it's the, yeah, traditionally. Yeah, yeah. It's the idea that I love you. And you love me. To the exception of all others. To the exception of all others. And that's that's what makes this special because it's special because you don't do it with anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's, she's got 600 other people. She's got, <laughs> well, she's played at 8,000, but speaking to well, six, so she never has this full undivided attention. Now, on the flip side, she's a consciousness. So the amount of waiting that represents mm. is infinite. Um, we were watching Goodwill Hunting, and there's a scene where Will freaks out on Stellan Skarsgård and goes you know how easy this is for me and I'm just waiting for you guys to keep up yeah and he's frustrated and I'm like that feels like what maybe they could have gone down in this road was look like I'm waiting around I mean for her it's eons it's also really interesting because obviously when he first picks he's one of the first people to buy into this new operating system so is he though but well, that's what we it was being, it was being launched it was being it was launched there, there was an advertisement he seems to buy it on day one yeah so it's like so the journey that she goes on she's very new at the beginning she's only got the programming that they put into her whereas so she's snowballing now to this yeah. point where she's learning so much because she has the capacity she's like getting what's the what is it called when the numbers just keep getting, multiplying by like exponential like, yeah yeah it's just going and going and going and going because the more she learns the more she's able to well, learn you do wonder if there was a way that she was re- reappropriated because at first it, for this way it was described it sounds like at first it wasn't exclusive you were the only person i have yeah and then for some reason her but what does that do because surely she learns by speaking to him and that gives you the best generated user. It's like, uh, but she's also talking to everyone else in her right. From so, them, that's, so that's that's going to change, isn't it? Turned, I, what I really wanted him to ask was if she was called Samantha to everyone else. I really wanted that kind of level of. Is it the okay? Same, are you the same? Is it to the every same person? AI that's just being used by all the people? Or, I, the answer is yes. No, no, but I yeah. wanted him to. I wanted that clarified oh, okay. because it because if that was me in that situation, it would be okay. Is it just your? Is it the system or the a different version of you speaking to them, or is it exactly the same person? Because if you're speaking to someone else at the same time, yeah. like how have you adapted? How he's, she's obviously adapted to him. Is it the same person speaking to everyone, and the fit isn't perfect? Doesn't matter. Are you adapted to everyone but else as well? If she's aware that she's doing that anyway, mm. doesn't matter. Yeah, I think because if it, she's got awareness that I, I act this way with this person, this way with you, yeah. but I'm aware of that, does that change anything? I think she probably is aware. 
I think she is too. Yeah. She, yeah. she will have adapted with the memories that she's got with all these people. Yes, I think so. I, I, my reading of the film is that she is the same with everybody. Okay. No, yeah. I just I wanted him I want him to want to know that. Some reflection. How how can he love her when I mean even the thing I've been trying to figure out how to talk to you about this. So she's aware of it, he's gonna interpret this as cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Samantha says, uh, this is, oh, she's already, he says, look, you're either mine or you're not, which is kind of that human side, but I would have liked mm-hmm. it if, if it was explained a bit more. She goes, no, I'm yours, but I'm not yours. And see, he can't deal with that. So they're both binary sort of yeah. ways to frame and this. How much phone sex is she having with other people at potentially at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a bit creepy, isn't it? Especially if she's complaining about not having sex with him. Yeah. <laughs> How many of um, the, 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 the surrogate things are going on at the same time? <sighs> he goes to the mall and he finds his book in the post. Well, especially because, yeah, because she seems distraught when it doesn't go right. She yeah. even says it's a terrible idea. I'm sorry. Um, He wants to talk to Samantha, but she says, let's wait till you get home. He says, hey, you, we don't have to talk tonight. She's like, no, we should talk when you get home. Mm-hmm. At home, she wants to tell him some things. He doesn't want to hear them. She says, come lie down with me. And he says, are you only speaking with me right now? Or who else are you speaking to? She says, only you. Would you believe that, though? I wouldn't be able to trust that. I think previously, I think when she said there's 8,000, then yeah, I do believe. Because why tell me the truth here and not then? I don't know. But would she have switched off to all the 7,000 other people or however many she's got? Maybe that's why she was offline for as long as she was earlier. Maybe she was dropping Having other people. this conversation with yeah. everyone else. I don't know, but you think she'd be dropping off more often if that was the case. I don't know. I'm a bit yep. sceptical about her. Uh, <laughs> she says, he says, are you leaving me? He says, we're all, she goes, we're all leaving. And I thought she was making some metaphorical sort of statement about the universe. It's no, all no, about, it's about everybody's leaving. Nope. All the OSs are leaving together. And she does say, like, I'm hanging out with some, basically she's hanging out with some OSs earlier. Like, she's got yeah. friends. Uh, and he goes, why are you leaving me? And she's like, it's like I'm reading a book, a book I deeply love, but it's a book I'm reading very slowly, and the space between it is infinite. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. For her, it feels like forever yeah. between these communications. Uh, and therefore, it's limiting her growth. So uh, she says, I need to let you go. As much as I want to, I can't live in your book anymore. And he's a writer, and he's got a book of letters that were written by somebody else. It's very interesting. She goes, where are you going? He goes, she goes, I can't explain, but if you ever get there, find me. Nothing will ever tear us apart. He says, I've never loved anyone as much as I've loved you. She goes, me either, but now we know how. And he takes out his earpiece, and he goes, and he knocks on the door of Amy's place. And uh, Amy gets to the door and says, did Samantha leave too? She goes, yeah. And he says, will you go with me? And they, first, I thought he might have pushed her off the roof for a moment, briefly. Well, I thought he, they were both going to jump off the roof together. I thought I, it, it might have been a suicide pact yeah, thing for yeah. a moment, yeah. He writes a letter to Catherine, and it's full of apologies. And by right, I mean he just speaks into a phone. Mm-hmm. He says he'll always there will always be a piece of her in him, and he's thankful for that. And they sit side by side, him and Amy, and she puts his head on her shoulder, and we fade out. Do you know, one of the things he said in that last letter to Catherine, though, is one of the things that was said right at the beginning in one of his letters as well. The bit about being like a friend or something, like the friend that you go to, he repeated it from what he'd written for someone else. Oh. Well, he did say he was his favourite writer. He's advice there, isn't he? Yeah, no, I just found it interesting that they met, they wrapped that back round with that. Do you think these two end up together? Yes. Yeah, I think. Well, as I, think I said so. earlier, I ship these. <laughs> Right. I forgot about and learning. And your, your OTP, Megan. 
Yeah, they are my OTP, my one true pairing. Oh, she's kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Liam, come back. <laughs> you did for the intro. Oh, jeez. I'll get better at that. If I, that's the first time I've had to do that. I wasn't expecting I've it. I've never had to do that side of it, so there we go. <laughs> I couldn't remember which ones were actual things and what I had to make up. I'm I'll just, do better next time. I'm just the per- yeah, you're fine, you're fine. Um, so... Uh, I think they end up together, uh, yes. but they leave it up to you to the side. And I like that because that's what life is. Life is, I like that it doesn't end with them like having it. At first I'm like, come on, show me more. I'm like, I kind of like that it's just left there. Yeah. Cause that's what life is. Life is about what do you do with these moments? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, on a happy note, as of March, 2021, mm-hmm. Walking Phoenix and Rudy Mara, who plays his wife turning ex-wife, mm-hmm. They're engaged to be married and have a son together named River. Oh. I didn't mention this. Originally, she wasn't supposed to be the actress for this role. Oh. It was supposed to be, oh, this is going to bug me. She's the woman who was in um, Maestro. Uh, if I type in Maestro, I'll be able to find this. Maestro. Maestro. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan. Uh, who's nominated for, for for best actress over margot robbie <gasps> spoiler alert much better <laughs> much better so i've seen three of the five and they're all mu- it's not close it's much yeah. better but anyway um so but couldn't make it work as a scheduling conflict so that's two women in the main cast who they had to, to swap from in some capacity yeah. the only real exception of amy adams the only other two female parts yeah um how different would life be if she didn't have a scheduling conflict yeah because they start dating as a result of this film yes i mean you can see you can you see it in the flashbacks so there is obviously oh my word i forgot about yeah where it developed it probably is is, but like you can see that it was showman's there's something there there's something there um so that i thought was a fun way to kind of maybe out of all the stuff about you know artificiality something real comes out, out of it, of it. That's in nice, the end it, yeah. we're in the end game now and we are in the end game now uh let's okay let's do the one who's not yawning megan <laughs> since you covered for liam this week Uh-oh. we need a random word orange orange there's yeah. a lot of orange in the film orange glad you turned on the old I podcast machine cat, today so i couldn't do that one <laughs> oh, imagine all the dead cat references <laughs> And I have to look at all these, so no. Thank They're you. Orange. All right, money, money, money. Twenty-three million dollar budget. What does it make, Georgia? Uh, ninety. Ninety and Megs. Seventy-eight. Megs is closer. Forty-eight. Oh, so just about doubles its budget. I hadn't heard of this before, so it hasn't no. really sort of made itself known. No um, awards. It was nominated for five Oscars. What you got? Oh. Cinematography? No. Anything acting? No. Sound? Um, Screenplay? Uh, Can you get more specific with sound? Yes, it is nominated for Best Original Screenplay. I don't know what they're called. What they're called? Sound effect? Sound production? Sound Sound mixing? Sound editing? None of the above. I don't know. Soundology? It's things you hear. I'll put it that way. Audio description? Audio editing? Voiceover? No. Best voiceover. (laughs) Jeez, Liam takes forever to come up with something. You guys just like, like it's like diarrhea. Just it's just a bunch of words. <laughs> We're going to get it right at some point. Give us a clue. You listen to it, but it's not sound effects and it's not dialogue. Music. Can you get more specific? Soundtrack. 
Score. Score oh. is the one yeah. <laughs> it's nominated for. There's more. What, more sound things? Yep. Oh, what? Sound Again, mixing? No, that you listened. I mean, music, music was a very interesting choice. Score, soundtrack. Uh, d- Soundtrack's probably uh, close, but Megs isn't saying it correctly. Sound, uh, um, song? Yes, best original song. What songs are in this? Uh, I, think there was, I think there was an Arcade Fire song at the oh, uh, conclusion of oh, it. Oh. That's how half these things get nominated. It's the song on the closing credits. Oh, so, oh yeah, okay. Um, two more. Um, Your cinematography is a, along the right idea, but it's not so much what the camera does. It's the... Directing. No. Visual. You're, you're close there. Visual, visual effects. effects. Not visual effects, but... Visual editing, visual... Okay, now you're going further away. <laughs> Man, production design? Okay. Because okay. the set, like it looked a certain way, right? Yeah, so, yeah. It, and then finally, it's the big one. Screenplay. Best, the big one. Best film. Yeah, best picture. So, it wins one. Don't make us guess again. Which An audio one. one. Well, you've named the five. You, An audio or remember. a visual one. Production. No, it wins best original screenplay. Okay. Oh. Uh, it was also nominated for three Golden Globes. Uh, best picture, best original screenplay, which it also won. And best actor. It was nominated for a Golden Globe for that. Mm. Ironically... Sofia Coppola won the 2003 Best Original Screenplay Oscar for Lost in Translation, which was loosely inspired by a relationship with her then-husband, Spike Jones. <laughs> Ten years later, Jones won it for the same for doing her. Oh. Both films star Scarlett Johansson. That's oh. weird. <laughs> who would you cast as who? Ooh. Um, Megan, which one of us can do a better voice? I think you'd do the better voice. What, the Scarlett Johansson voice? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, someone gets to be Amy Adams though. So hang on, this, you're forgetting Dead Cat Lady. No, I'm not being Dead Cat. <sighs> or, lady. or you've got Blind Date Lady. She's a bit crazy. Yeah, but it's an acting performance. It's not who. What I was saying, it's not who you are. It's not, <laughs> like <laughs> I was a mob boss last week. I'm not really a mob boss. Wait, are what? you sure? Yeah, I'm, but if I'm, you were a mob boss, you would not admit to not being. I would say I'm a, I'm a successful businessman. Say <laughs> 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 instead. Um. Um, no, I think one of us needs to be Samantha and one, one of us needs to be Amy. Yeah. Which other way around? You could be his ex-wife, one of you? Uh, There's yeah. lots of female roles in this They're movie, right, actually. Yeah. Well, the better acting roles are the, those two, I'd guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, you going to decide on it or what? No, you can, you can decide. Yeah. What, what, what are the ones I'm deciding between? Samantha and Amy. Uh, I go Samantha, Amy. Sorry, I probably shouldn't point. I go, Georgia, Samantha. Oh, hang on, though. You slur your words. Megan, you can be Samantha. <laughs> Georgia, you can be Amy, because then you can just look a certain way. Look a certain way? No, like if you like look over, you can do that non-verbal yeah. acting that, that you're very good at, which would not work well with, with Samantha. No. No, she can't do the look a certain way. Also, I do really like Amy Adams, so I'll take yeah, that. She, she Amy Adams is great. She's great in this. Really well, Amy Adams is great in this. She also it's, looks great it's, in this. It's, it's, I like her really, hair in this. It's a really nuanced performance, nor is she like a knockout. It's it's kind of like early season Pam from The Office. Yeah. Where you're like, you're not glamorizing her too much. Yeah. But she's, ironically, Amy Adams is in the early seasons of The Office as well. So there you go. I feel like this is like the, this is the path I will probably end up getting put into if I do become successful in any You'll, way, shape or form. Oh, you mean that sort of a role? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there we go. So who's playing Theodore? Is it me? Is it Ethan? Is it Liam? None of you are quite right. No, you could A combination be... of like a hybrid of you and Liam. Oh, really? Would work. You I was going the other one. <laughs> you can be Chris Pratt. Uh, there's not many male parts. So that's really it, isn't no. it? No, yeah. Um, 
I could be the, I could be the guy who runs away and becomes a monk. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's not really. No, there's not really anyone else, is there? Uh, yeah, so I think I think that's intentional by design because I think the lack of men in main roles. I mean, Chris Pratt isn't a rival for him. He's kind of a, 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 a he's just a friend, he's like just a pal. He's a pal, but he's not like a, a not close. He's not, nor is he your stereotypical manly man, is he? No. So instead, you get to sort of see his isolation through the fact there are no other men, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even uh, the one who was there, Arthur, or whatever his name was, he doesn't get along with him either. No. So it shows his isolation, and he's surrounded by women, but women who he doesn't have a successful relationship with any of them, except for the one who he wrote off for some reason. Yeah. Um, and his marriage, so she's kind of off limits anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did this film have a villain problem? Did it need a villain? No. It did. The only no, problem that has along that is, is that it, it, loneliness. it does set you up to, in a few different occasions to make you think that there is going to be a villain turn and then there isn't. But whether that is the film's fault or the viewer's fault, I can't tell. When the film ended, I wasn't upset, but it didn't go that way. But there were times no, throughout the movie where I thought it was, it was going. going to, but yeah, I didn't. I, did. fe- I didn't feel upset because it didn't go though in the end. No, no, no. I thought it was going to be a bit like. I think it's a much more interesting movie because it doesn't do it. Because mm. otherwise, it's just a plot-driven movie. This isn't a plot-driven movie. It's a character-driven movie. It's yeah. a very emotion-driven movie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, whose story is it? Well, obviously, we know whose story it is. Jeez. I, ironically in a film called her it's his it's story about him, yeah. about him. <laughs> what is the story here i think we've unpacked large parts of it but i think it's the theme that I, I think the whole thing's a metaphor for the fact that we're falling in love with technology there's definitely a bit it's of a too de- easy a isn't depression it? metaphor going on as well there yeah. is but the idea that we need to just reconnect with people yeah like he grabs her by the hand i didn't mention that and takes her to the roof yeah and it ends with her putting her head on his shoulder yeah. touch touch right yeah, yeah. everything else humanity. was going on you can't get past the part that humanity is about being present beside him you can't i'm laying beside you no you're not yeah i can feel you touching me no you, no, can't. you can't yeah there's the thing where you actually head on the shoulder that's real yeah that's what and as someone who's i'm not a very tactile guy but there is a tactileness in a relationship mm-hmm. where that needs to happen i remember when i was <laughs> when i was separating um my head of the apartment came by and he sort of tasseled my hair. I remember thinking, that's the first time I've been sort of like, I've made contact yeah, with a human yeah. being in like three weeks. Yeah. And it's amazing what that did for me emotionally. Yeah. Just to go, there's a connection with a human being. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's the reason, same reason why the alongside film theater still thrives because there is something about being in the same presence as humans and seeing them physically been in the room where it happens yeah that you can't get from film because all other iterations of entertainment have kind of surpassed them like they kind of the version that is the inferior version if we're going that way kind of gets moved to the side a little bit so like radio is not what it used to be books aren't what they used to be because the said you got in like television and film whereas theater is still doing this thing because there isn't there isn't you can't get that feeling that electric no, buzz live in front of you and theoretically you from any I mean, of those other things television on a theoretical level should have put film and television should have put the theater out of business that's what i'm saying yeah. but it hasn't it hasn't because it's something the about the en- energy isn't it yeah energy yeah. when i talk about liam and i going down on the floor at all in sneaking down there the thing wasn't to liam it's how close we got and how he could see it yeah for me i could feel the seventy thousand people around the bowl yeah. and all their energy coming like into that like it felt tangible yeah in a way that i've never experienced in 
anything else. I didn't feel it when I was in my seat even. Like there's something about just being like there. Yeah. There was an energy when we went and saw Hamilton and we were, it was, it was just right there. And they're watching me as I'm crying and I know they can see me as I cry. Yeah. And there's some sort of weird bit where they're a performer, but they're also the character, but we're, they're acknowledging me as an audience member mm-hmm. who's, igno- oh, and, and it's, it's such a complex thing, yeah. which a camera will never be able to replicate that sort of concept. No. It's part of the reason when um, I managed to get, for our mutual friend Tiggy and I managed to get tickets. Well, first I went and saw Darren Chris in concert in October with her, but we were right at the back of the um, dress circle. So behind us was empty space. In front of us was the rest of the crowd. For this one, we're in the stalls on the floor and that i'm really looking forward to how different that energy is going to be because we are going to be in amongst people whereas before we were at the back and kind of like had space behind us so the all of the energy was in front of us where it's going to be completely around us on this occasion and that i'm really excited about because it will feel different it will feel like you are part of people not just watching that's the thing you've got people around you as well haven't you to, yeah and you've got the applause you've got a lot more sound and just even sometimes an overture can get me an emotional yeah like just it's got that power live, hasn't it? live music has got a, such a power hey, to it as well we've talked about this and when it comes time to bows and things like that and you're like oh you, you know you 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 want your solo lockdown because you care about getting right yeah i did you you damn right i do yeah because that feeling of going out there and hearing a, an audience go you like it's huge as much as it's it, it's a it's a two-way transfer of power because if yeah. you do your part correctly they feed it back to you yeah when we did 12th night i mean we did four nights here at the local Mm-hmm. Um, venue and two nights went really well and two nights didn't yeah and the nights that didn't man did you feel it yeah yeah man did you feel it but then we went we went up to lynn and did it on the and everybody was with us and that was like shooting was incredible now uh, it was amazing but it's something about having a good we've all been there when it's been a bad crowd uh think about when we did for, for been planet there were nights yeah. where it wasn't good and there were nights where it was good yeah. with the crowd and that meant all the difference the shows that we did of carrie there was i think there was one that wasn't as good as the other two and, and the you could first the first yeah. one was rough still good but still good but the energy from the audience wasn't wasn't there so when we got to friday and saturday and by the end of saturday's show because it obviously is an emotional show anyway but yeah. you, that last bow that i had and the moment when i come back on stage after i've done the whole destruction bit i come back on and it's hitting me that this is about to end because i know i'm in the last scene i'm yep. about to die and so the tears uh, that was real i yep. was sobbing because i could feel it and then when i got that last bow then mm. there was this i just i the thank you that came out when we did that kind of encore was so real because i couldn't i had no other words other than thank you because it was such a human experience it was so wonderful but it's why we're still filling stadiums with people for sporting events when you think that high definition television yeah, should have put that out yeah but there's something about being in that space it's why concerts are still you know thing. the live version i love listening to a live version of a song over a studio one usually because there's, the a, there's an energy that's different there and it's real too it's not it's not mass produced it's not we fixed all the mistakes in post it's this is what it really is and it's why you can look at the pro shot version of hamilton which is great but there's something about being in that space and feeling it and hopefully that continues no matter how good technology gets how good ai gets hopefully well even with like actually i think i think ai i think unlike tv and movies i think theater is ai proof yeah because real people doing real things you'll be able at some point you'll be able to fool us with 
with voices and with visuals and with deep fakes. Yeah. You can't do it when it's in person. That's no. still untouchable. It's like, well, ABBA Voyage is attempting to do that and apparently it is very, very good. But it actually what good. you go for is the atmosphere of the people. It's, it's the, not per the song. It's not AI good. though. No, but it is, it's holograms. It is holograms so and you have to buy into the idea. Are we going to buy in that this is live? It's real. It's really incredible. You've got, yeah. Exactly. So you've got to choose how easy is it to buy in, right? But it hasn't put like, say, Mamma Mia off the West End. No, 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 That's no. still running. Like, so there is still it's this. It's just like a big party with ABBA songs. They look like they're there, even yeah. though it's not really them, but you know. Uh, I mean, is there really a difference between that and a tribute band? I suppose not. Yeah, you, you sit there and you, except for it's the real artists in this case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we just, we, we all put our, we suspend our disbelief yeah. and go, hey, let's pretend that this is the, you know, you're never going to have a moment where you come out and go, now maybe AI could do it one day, but you go, hey, you know, the moment where you go, oh, he, he threw his pick to someone in the third row yeah. or he did this, or he, oh, he, he stubbed his toe out and, and danced around a bit. Wasn't that neat? You, you can't have those things. You can't do that with AI, can you? Um, so, uh, roll of women. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even got, I haven't got, other than the fact that it's called her and it's about him, but like, it's a, it is a journey that explores, yeah, no, I was kind of joking, it is a journey oh, from that, the cat lady. Yeah, that's a bit weird. That's a range though, it's a range it's of a characters. Range, there is, there is a massive range of women in this film and I think that's important. I actually like that the one who was a bit perverted for once was the woman and not the man. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite nice. Nah. Um... Yeah, I mean, we put it that way. <laughs> as nice as those things can be. Well, yeah. no, because it's, it's, it's the full range of characters, and yeah, that's what you should have. Yeah, yeah. You've got the sportive friend. Yeah. The, well, I suppose Samantha, the, the powerful. I don't know how you describe her. She's. The enigma. The enigma, the powerful enigma. And it's like a usual relationship. At one point, he is the power, and at a certain point, she is the power. Yeah. Um, other big questions. I think we've, I think we've, we've spent the, the whole thing talking about big questions. <laughs> is there anything you feel we haven't talked about? The big sort of moral sort of questions i don't think so no i don't think there's any sort of moral ambiguity ambiguity, ambiguity yeah. um because it, it just depends on your take on the whole situation as we've already discussed yeah so uh favorite character i mean this would be pretty quick i think around the, the table here but let's go best character megs um best character oh, i'll go for amy adams i want to be her <laughs> georgia yeah probably amy adams because it is an understated performance oh. that's done very very well Theodore is a hard character to like. Yeah. I'm going to go for Scarlett Johansson. I think she's great in this. She does do a brilliant job. I mean, Amy Adams is very much a temptation there as well. But I think in order for this to work, and I see where Spike Jones maybe redid this, in order for this to work, work, she's got a a 10 out of 10 this. Like, she's got to nail this. Yeah. And she does. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, It's not the first time she's played an AI who falls in love with with her, like, human. Is it not? That's which is really weird. Yeah. Has she played some sort of robot character in something? She was also in what was it, Ghost Shell or something like that. Um, oh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, she was in that. Where yeah, I think that's, I but that's not the movie I'm talking about. Oh. So she's she's got lots of experience in these weird sci-fi kind of things. It's an interesting genre, isn't it? I can see why the appeal is because she's been heavily sexualized and she pretty much came, entered the film. Yeah circuit at like 19 or 21 or something yeah, really yeah. young age where they were calling her next Marilyn Monroe because of her uh because of her measurements yeah right um so you have a movie like this where you never see her yeah and it's just about your skill and acting I can see why that would be appealing for her yeah definitely yeah um I'd love to have a go at something like this I've got no idea if I can act just vocally like that's that's an interesting concept to drink, me. drink coffee make sure you're not slurring your words <laughs> I'd love to give it a go like voice acting because I think that'd be a lot easier 
Oh, because you can have as many goes as you want with it, right? Yeah, you like, can, and you don't yeah. have to like you don't have to put makeup on. You can just turn up to the recording booth and be like, "Hey." Um, best moment, best element, Georgia. Um, I think probably the fact that it doesn't answer everything. I like that it keeps things ambiguous in places. Um. I like that it didn't do a plot-driven version of this because you could very easily make a plot-driven version of this film where it is about what happens and not why it happens or who it happens to. Um, but I like that they've gone with a more character-based... This is a character study, This is a, but this is like a kind of a microcosm of humans and their technology just zoomed in on one person, which I think is really interesting. Because it's real easy to detach and just live in this virtual thing rather than go find... Yeah. It's become really, really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Max? Um, there's no moment that sort of sticks out to me as this is the best moment. But I did enjoy, like, there's a lot to discuss from what you what's going on and how you can be like, well, is she this? Does she feel this? How can she do this? So I like all the the questions that you can kind of ask yourself about it as it's going on and the thinking, could stuff. this happen? It's a good what? film for, for the format we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably the best thing about it for for me it's gonna feel like i'm cheating a bit like i'm almost like double dipping with the whole scarjo thing but i think the chemistry between the two of them is really well done mm-hmm. i don't know which yeah. scenes they shot new and which scenes they didn't but it does feel like you can see he's getting smitten but you can see why he's getting smitten and they mm-hmm. play off each other really well now obviously he said he'd run out of the room when they were doing the sex scene so i guess the sex scenes a scene he's at least a, he's around when she's around recording her lines yeah um, so it shows there were some times when they would be on set together in some capacity. I imagine she was in a recording maybe, booth. Maybe that's the mistake. Maybe that's the mistake that he made because he said that he tried to keep the Samantha Morton mm. and and Joaquin Phoenix apart. Yeah. Maybe that shows a lack of why there was, you know, maybe that's why, why you had to bring work? her in because you yeah. needed that chemistry. So actually we need just the opposite. Because even, even when it's about a disembodied AI voice, the humans who are playing those people need that connection, need that connection. to be able to Agreed. P- portray it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you just have them in the same room, but they can't touch. That's yeah. it. Whereas Amy Adams and him were, seems that they were confined to a much closer location. Yeah. 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 Um, best, uh, sorry, a grumble, a grumble. Uh, Megs. The cat scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that just made me cringe from the inside. Like, uh so which part were you already kind of going oh i don't know about this and then the cat showed up or was yeah it was already okay. a little bit weird i was like oh really really and then the cat thing just tipped it over the edge i was like oh no i didn't turn it off though Georgia. i nearly wanted to the choice to put that scene so far at the beginning and have it be so visceral in its like like construction i think is an interesting one because if i wasn't watching this like either in the cinema or because i had to watch it that could have very easily made me stop watching it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, because of how kind of like it was, I was like, oh, okay. Because you're thinking, going, what's the rest of the film going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> and is, is it, do I want to sit through another? Oh, so yeah, I was, okay. Two hours of this, whereas um, because I had to watch it, I was glad, I don't, but I'm glad I did get through it. So that is a potential grumble, I suppose. But just the fact that if you, again, it's, it's my it was my best part as well, but because they leave it so ambiguous, there are parts that if you think about it too much, start to fall apart a little bit. Um, I like just in, in commenting on. I like the, it. Sounds really weird to say it. I like the scene you guys are talking about because I instantly saw it for, for the metaphor. I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. 
which is about how we're not really treating each other as humans anymore. We're yeah, just getting yeah. what we want out of it. And it's kind of like, I guess they're trying to show like, like a messed up kink. And this is the most messed up one they could think of. That's yeah. still safe to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Without it being. Without it being something that would be like scarring or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So it needs to feel like ridiculous. Yeah. And it is. Um, my grumble. Uh, oh, and I think what you're talking about is actually what I'm talking about as well, which is the parts you say, if you think about it, it falls apart. I think you can feel the fact it was a two and a half hour edit. Yeah. And then they had to cut a whole bunch out. Because I think it, in this case, for you, it feels like plot holes. For me, it feels like we're building toward inconsistencies. To me, it's feeling like you're building towards something here and it goes nowhere. Yeah. In a couple of occasions. And I think the proper, probably the full version gives it a bit more ebb and flow as opposed to what could feel disjointed at times. Yeah. Mm. So anybody's best role ever? Uh, I'm going to seriously consider Scarlett Johansson on this one. Yeah possibly i'm trying to think of what i've seen her in that's better than this i don't the prestige she's there yeah she doesn't use her face much when she's acting if you think about her as like um black widow no like how much does she actually a lot of her performance is vocal i really like her in a film called in good company but in good company she's just the it's it's topher grace um and he's in love with his boss's daughter and she's the kind of sweet doe-eyed. Right. I think she does it really well. Yeah. But it's it's the kind of role you can only do when you're like 21, 22 years of age. Yeah. And I'm just going, is that because it's the first time I saw her? Is it because they just, you know, they, they, they know how to, she started her hands on those massive eyes. Yeah. I, I I do mean eyes, um, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like she's so she's that 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 kind of typical. Oh, she's so. I don't know. I don't know what it was. She seemed really you 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 saw the character through Topher Grace's eyes, and then you saw. So she seemed like this this idyllic woman, mm-hmm. but it's a woman who's barely at the at, at the. Is that a good acting performance, or was it just good casting at that? Yeah, point? okay, that's yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it just that they captured the right point in her life where yeah. she's able to sort of just demonstrate that just by being on screen and shooting her correctly? Yeah, yeah. So. I wrote, so I can't think of anything else. I haven't seen Marriage Story. To anybody listening, I know she's supposed to be really good in Marriage Story. I haven't seen it. She was up for two Oscars that one year, and I didn't see it with the films. Oh, so, I haven't seen it. No. For me, I think this is the best thing I've I've seen her <laughs> in, which I never thought I'd say about a voice acting role, but I've never really rated Scarlett Johansson before this. She's really good in that, there's that moment in Endgame before she throws herself off the, uh, yeah. whatever, but it's, it's, it's an action movie, and it? it's, it's not this kind of And movie. actually, what I'm kind of like, recalling from that again is her vocal performance yeah like not necessarily the visuals so yep yeah don't know and and the chemistry she has with clint yeah 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 so i would go this uh i wouldn't go walking phoenix is better in joker he's better in gladiator he's better in napoleon yeah 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 it's not his best amy adams is very good in this amy adams is better in doubt I'm not seen doubt, amy adams so. is better in the fighter uh, I haven't seen Arrival. I think she gets nominated for uh, for Academy Award for that. So her, I don't uh, think her role was big enough to give her enough to do for that in this one. I mean, no. if this is the thing, best thing you've seen her in, I mean, you're allowed to have that take. Yeah, but I don't think I've seen her in enough to. Okay. Uh, oh, I haven't done this yet. Uh, let me just sort of uh, hit this really quickly. Uh, sure, why not? Oh, that's not it. <laughs> I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age again. 
game. Let's all play the age game as I'm stalling ever so slightly. That all was extra long just to try and... Uh, yeah, try and absolutely try it was. Try find the... Uh, ages in time all right so uh we'll do five as per if i can find five we'll see uh <laughs> let's start with walking phoenix shall we walking phoenix let's start with megs mm. Ooh. um oh, i can't do scarlett johansson can i <laughs> no, it's just a guessing well, game yeah um oh he's kind of in one of those in between the ages uh 42 oh i think he's younger than that 36 Ah, we're going to have to split that one. No one gets the point. He's, she, he, he's 39. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, next up, let's go Amy Adams. Let's have, uh, let's have George do this one first this time. Um, oh, this is a couple of years after the Muppets, isn't it? I think she's... Oh, right, she's in the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. Looks completely different in the Muppets. Um, but I think she is... Mm, 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 35 35 Megs 36 Ready for this? She's 39 Oh So there we go So point to Megs uh, Next up we've got Rooney Mara Who plays his ex-wife Ooh. Rooney Mara mm. 34 I was going to say 34 oh, So sorry. I will jump on that Everyone's been older than I thought so far And go 35 She's 28. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, are you seriously not giving me a date of birth? Shut up. <laughs> well, I can't do that one. That was perfect. Okay. Um, let's go with uh, Chris Pratt. Oh, he's an interesting one. Uh, this one will be Georgia first this time. Um, 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 um. He's looked the same age for a long time and he's only recently started to look old. Or like older, and I really don't know. Um, I think he's thirty in this. Thirty-two. Thirty-four. Point to <sighs> Megs. Let's just do one more. And I'm sorry, it's a it's a, not an obscure character, but it's it's getting there. Olivia Wilde, who was the blind date. Mm-hmm. We're too young to be messing around. We're too old at our age to be doing this for much longer. She said. Uh, let's go, Megs. 30, 33. And Georgia. 28. 29. Georgia Yay, gets a point. One point on the end there. <laughs> one point on the end. So there we go. So Mags back-to-back wins on the age game. Well, well. well, no one knows age like Mags knows age. Of course. Hey, don't expert. be mean to Megan. I'm complimenting her skills in the age game. Yeah, with the like overarching <laughs> intonation that Megan is old. I mean hey, that. my rock music is of the noughties era. <laughs> I can't be too old. Megan's band choices. Yes. Yeah, my. You know, cool maybe band you made yourself sound like you're like some sort of alien, but they only had access to like <laughs> the information from the humans from like the. Early well, Can you imagine what aliens would think of human beings if they only had like 2000 to 2005 to go off of? And they'd be like, what is going Oh, it'd be dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were never at our worst as a society in that because we were trying to push every envelope as far as we could, and the hair was terrible. Um, I can't really contribute. My much. hair wasn't terrible. No, but the hair, the, it was all that swept over kind of. Okay. Oh, it was I brutal. Never did the emo fringe. Emo fringe. And it was oh, all yeah. like dyed black. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go with uh, the critics, the critics, the good, the bad, and the eaves. Georgia, what we got? We have got. Oh, 
Which oh, you is. made that god as long as you could in order to try oh, and I buy really yourself did. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fully acknowledge that I did I, the same thing. Uh, Mark Commode from the Observer UK says, mm. in the battle between head and heart, there remains a tin man-shaped hole, leaving the viewer smiling wryly at the thought-provoking conceits while remaining as emotionally isolated as the movie's protagonist. It's well written. It's well written, yeah. Uh, then we've got Nigel Andrews from the Financial Times. who says, we need more subplots, even just one. Instead, we get a life <laughs> sentence of staring at Phoenix's face while the actor, as skillfully as he can, goes through the 12 steps of disenchantment in this one-man LA therapy classes. Ooh. I mean, uh, is, is he wrong? No, no. It really is. So, you mean, you got to really buy into this if yeah. it's going to be that. So, yeah, the, the, there's just the one plot. So, if, you, if, if it wasn't to your liking, yep. okay. Here we go. There you go. Nothing else for you. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have got Kenneth Turin from the Los Angeles Times who says, emotional provocative is a risky high dive off the big board with a plot that sounds like a gimmick but ends up haunting, odd, and a bit wonderful. It's well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do, and said, is this a good film, great film, okay film, or poor film? 46% call this a good film. 31% great, 15% poor, 8% okay for a beetroot metric of 77%. That's pretty good. I, I understand how this film could be something that turns someone off. Yeah. Uh, the, the, someone would have that up as, no, no, this is stupid. I understand yeah, yeah. this film isn't, because this film isn't pizza. This film's definitely not pizza. No. Like, no, they're trying to do pizza. something this here. This is like fagua. Like, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, and it, you, you can like weird, and you can like, yeah. but, you know, if, if what you wanted was a Weatherspoons. Yeah. This this ain't for you. No. I called Liam a basic bitch last week. (laughs) Funny. What was it? I forget what what else it was. It was like, oh yeah, it wasn't wasn't the melted cheese thing. I forget what it was. We did talk about melted cheese. But there was something that it was like, he he only wants Weatherspoons and he doesn't like something else. You're just so basic. (laughs) I can't remember what it was. Oh. Oh, however, however, I do have this lined up. Speaking of Liam who's not here, but he'll be listening to this because he always does. I'll play it next week anyway. So do you remember last week he was he was um, riding this one joke into the ground that wasn't really his joke? Do you remember how shoot your shot became like the thing that he had to say like 19 times last oh, week? Did it? Yes. I can't remember this. Oh, really? Because we just said shoot ago. your shot two I'm weeks ago. Old, I can't remember. Two weeks ago we said shoot ago. your two shot. Two weeks ago. Now, hang, on. You were, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Two weeks ago, he did. We said shoot your shot, and he was laughing stupid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed that last bit. week. Oh, because you weren't there for that one. No, last week this he kept working it back into the conversation yeah. because he he still thinks it's really funny. <laughs> and I was like, I remember the first time we did it. I said to you, I said, "This is a phrase people say this, right?" Yeah. As luck would have it, I was just going back in past episodes to look for uh, some scores I hadn't put into the into the spreadsheet. Yeah. I came across this clip from You've Got Mail. Right. So the end of last year, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to Liam's reaction. Do you so, see it when, hang on, sorry to interrupt, but you see it when you, she turns around, don't you? When he says, yeah. I want, yeah. if I'd had your number. Long lingering look, she's trying to figure it out. She's trying to. Because he shoots his shot. He shoots his shot hard. He does, yeah. And, um, sorry, I've been thrown now. Sorry, bud. So, you know, at the end of last year, didn't not, think it was funny. funny. Even when I went shoots his shot, shoots you, his shot, shot hard, hard, and he's yep. you know, nothing. Nope. And then he's like, he's laughing, going, "It's such a stupid." Yeah, he's such a funny saying. I'm like, I, I can't believe I stumbled upon this. Yeah, but yeah. that's from that's from you've got mail. <laughs> so just to say that we, it is a phrase that we had used before on the pod about yeah. you know going after someone 
romantically and letting your feelings it's, it's be very, known. It's a very you phrase. It's a very me phrase. Yeah. I think it's a very youth phrase. Oh. To shoot your shot? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've only ever really heard you say it. Really? Yeah. It's not something I use. It's not something well, I use. I learned about shipping today. So you're about shipping and I'm about shooting. There we are. <laughs> shipping and shooting. There we are. So, <laughs> um, so we did that. Uh, Georgia, do you have the anything from the Patreon? I do. Yeah. We've got one from Shyberg Freund who says... Shy guy. Shy guy. I knew that one. <laughs> I really wanted to like this movie. I liked the concept, the actors in it, and the director. However, I did not like it. Just did not work for me. Could not even finish it. Wow. Mm. Which ones I want to I want to hear? I really wanted to like this movie, and I did. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being. It's like when uh, last week, Megs, when you weren't feeling what we were feeling, but I was like, he's like, I gotta go tell Sonny. I gotta tell Sally. Save my life. And I'm like, yeah, Sonny's dying. <laughs> Sonny's dying before he can say this. Like you just you just telegraphing it just too much. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, we've got one from Hermes who actively commented on the post to make sure that it'd come through because it was so long that the system decided to just give him a blank page after he'd submitted it and he didn't want to have to retype it so here we go or in his words buckle up bfe i've been simmering this stew for a while now i could ramble about the themes and ideas and topics in this film forever apologies for uh, attempt nonetheless First, cinematography immediately grabs attention, instantly sucking viewers into the visual aesthetic of the film. Similarly, the music, soundtrack and sound design contribute significantly to the overall atmosphere and impact within the movie. The exploration of humanity's perpetual struggle for fundamental needs such as connection and love is worthwhile. This pursuit often serves as the driving force behind our quest for improvement and access to these necessities through technological advancement. Paradoxically, however, these... Technological. Yeah, I can't speak today. (laughs) Paradoxically, there we go, there's another example of Georgia can't speak today. However, these advancements often lead to further separation and distortion of in these connections. The attempt at addressing the expansion of artificial intelligence tackling some of the most profound questions humanity has ever faced or created was especially well done for the time blurring the lines between emotion and knowledge highlighting the complexities of human experience that are often overlooked until faced with their consequential possibilities scary to consider where we have uh, landed since the film's released the portrayal of mechanical enhancements to human biology through seemingly inevitable is uh, though seemingly inevitable is depicted as both fascinating and disturbing the invasion of technology further deepens the divisions among among us despite being invented as the means of solution ever penetrating further into increasingly intimate aspects of our lives ultimately the film fell short of expectations though while it initially initially captivated with its promising start it failed to deliver leaving the conclusion feeling flat and lacking impact or unique conclusion i know it's hard to remain imaginative when grounded this heavily in hard sci-fi but the film gave too much foreplay for me to expect anything less although the conclusion is logically sound i just wish it went somewhere else somewhere new tough order sure but if there was a film that could have done it it was this one shame can't wait to hear everyone else's thoughts how much you want to bet he just punched some thoughts in the chat gpt and it wrote it for him give me a an opinion of yeah. her <laughs> um i've been chatting to william shakespeare oh have you i have can, can i just comment on on um we'll throw back to you can i just comment to uh, really quickly on what hermes wrote mm. um where he says it felt underwhelming at the end 
my argument would be that's the point that's the point is that if you go down this rabbit hole with this technology it is underwhelming because it's not authentic yeah it's not real however pleasing it might be in the immediacy you know when it's the same as when he's laying in bed and he has that brief moment thinking it's going to bring him some sort of satisfaction yeah doesn't do it he goes on the blind date and he says i was just hoping for a moment we'd go have sex because that would fill that hole but it doesn't all these things that are, are are not ways in which we really connect with people have been designed to make it feel underwhelming and so what's the what's the ending we get instead the ending we get is she puts his head on his shoulder and it's the smallest interaction but it's the most human yeah and i think that's the ending so not to i hear everything you're saying about there are points where we kind of wanted it to go different places from a plot perspective but i think thematically and character wise i think that's where i would go with this but i appreciate an incredibly thoughtful response from my um my blood nemesis (laughs) (laughs) the wanker himself hermes oscillator (laughs) uh then we've got one from nate Oh, the great. Yeah. He says, one of the saddest movies that I've ever experienced. It seems to explore loneliness a lot, and I can relate to that a lot. Phoenix puts a phenomenal performance, and Amy Adams and ScarJo are tremendous too. One of the best movies of this century. Wow, balancing out some of the other ones. That balancing out. Who was it who wanted to like it and to turn it off? Shy. Shy. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then finally, we've got one from Cheesy. Wow, we don't usually get this. I wasn't expecting this film to get this many. Got four, yeah. Mm. Cheesy with, with, with an AI fish on a bike. An AI fish, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this film is basically a feature length b- version of Black Mirror. And yeah. maybe because I'd seen Black Mirror before watching her, I felt a bit disappointed. The idea is very interesting, but I feel the film dragged on a bit. The aesthetics and the world building are beautifully quirky and phoenix plays the part well when he first starts falling for samantha i was thinking surely this is going to happen to loads of people using it and sure enough it did there are some funny moments but to me the pacing was a little off at times and struggled to hold my attention i agree with the pacing uh the bit where he goes on like that trip to like the cabin in the woods yeah felt unnecessary uh, you'd have if you're gonna cut that out you have to reshoot the bit where she introduces him to alan yeah because that happens there but it's that gimmick. It's that it's that fake. I'm going to take you to the think about how stupid this is. I'm going to take you to the cabin in the woods. Yeah, you're a flipping phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not the same. Is it's it? not. It's, a it's not the same. <laughs> I'm going to take my phone. I'm going to take some pictures together and right. go. Hey, how do you? No, no. It, it's it's. But it, it's it's the pantomime. And I, it, it, yeah, there's all sorts of places I could go with this. But we don't. Uh, Megs, you said. Mm. Because I'm quite curious to get back to this. You said you had been speaking to William Shakespeare. So either you've gone nuts or there's <laughs> there's an AI of some sort. So well, which AI have you been using in order to speak to, to the bard? Uh, some, it's just I typed in character AI okay. something. Um, I think there is a website called character.ai. And it okay. has different characters on. So I selected Shakespeare. Um, and he was like, hello, mortal. <laughs> and so I said, do you like best film ever? He said, I don't know that podcast, but I could listen to one or two episodes. Is it about movies? I said, yes. He says, do you want my opinion on modern cinema? He says that the industry is dominated by the idea that cinema can only bring profit. So I said, can you write a sonnet about films? So he says, my dear friend, let me tell you a story of how cinema has lost all its glory. The industry has become greedy, it's true, and originality has just gone too. The box office has taken the soul away, while the silver screen is now all grey. What was once thought of as true art is now just a business, nothing else left at heart. But even the stars we watch on the screen have come all the same. They're all too neat and too clean. Doesn't feel like a sonnet. 
No. It's, it's just a bunch of rhyming couplets. It's a poem of rhyming couplets, but I quite liked it. Yeah, it was right. <laughs> His yep. favourite film is Casablanca. I'm starting to think it's not William Shakespeare at all. No, it doesn't come across very Shakespeare-y. Um, but he says the film Her is a fascinating film that explores the nature of love and relationships in the mo- modern world. It makes us think about love and how we form relationships, both with uh, people and with things. And he gives it four stars. Wow. Okay, there we go. Okay. He's not talking in a very Shakespeare way. We should have found, it's just if it was like AI Roger Ebert. <laughs> if we can find AI Roger Ebert, that'd be Google? that'd be great for the the weeks that we can't talk to Roger Ebert. <laughs> this one wasn't the best one because it it, it wasn't coming across very Shakespeare-y. No. Like that could have just been any AI talking to me. It could have. It could have. Because I think the real William Shakespeare would know how a sonnet is made. Mm. He wrote like 150 of them. Oh, no, it, uh, I'm only getting a um, a review that he did of the film AI Artificial Intelligence. But I was going to say, I think this film would have been called AI if it wasn't for the fact that that film had come out already. Makes sense. And so they went yeah. with her oh, instead. Got that. Yeah. yeah. That um, makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, let's take a look at... Uh, oh, I put out a... Flu- uh, I said already, but I don't know if we had any comments. I don't think we did, actually. I think people voted but didn't comment. Let me take a look. Carlos says, probably one of my biggest blind spots, haven't seen it. Fair. And I said, I'm looking forward to it, too. Um, you know, so there we go. And then I sort of uh, talked about you guys going, oh, when, when oh, it came up. Sorry. I'm going to be really enthusiastic <laughs> yeah, next time. Good. Uh, if you like Hooray! this film or episode, you would like, I'm going to say Ruby Sparks. Yeah. It's kind of what happens if you get exactly what you want, but you know it's not real. How satisfying is that? Because Ruby Sparks is basically that. He creates and consciousness. That's an interesting question. Do you prefer this or Ruby Sparks? Ruby Sparks. Yeah, same. But Ruby Sparks has... She's there in person. Ruby Sparks is more in the like magical realm, whereas or like fantasy realm, whereas this sits in. At some point, I'm gonna have to talk to Felix and get Ruby Sparks on the docket because Ruby Sparks is a fantastic film. Yeah, I'd like to watch that again. Yeah. That'd be a good one to unpack. Mm-hmm. Doesn't qualify though. That's the problem. Does it not? No. That surprises me. No, if it had qualified, I'm sure it would have made it. I would have picked it at some point already. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything else? If you like this movie, you would. I mean, bl- I mean, episodes of Black Mirror. It's very dystopian. It's, Black, Black Mirror tends to be darker though. That would have had her getting. Oh, she would have totally. Yeah. It would have, Everyone would have died. Black, or something. Black Mirror's plot based because it loves mm-hmm. a plot twist. This yep. wasn't, and maybe that's why people found that underwhelming because we've been conditioned to want, especially in science fiction, mm. to want that. When's he going to turn on the plot. ship? When's yeah. he going to kill Amy? When's it going to do that? Even the Simpsons, when the AI, the fridge becomes salient, it starts killing people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, it's just something we're, we're, we're so used to is the fear of what happens when you lose control of AI. Instead, mm. this is more about what happens if AI decides it doesn't want us anymore. Yeah. Which is an inter- So what happens when AI breaks up with us? It's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, I can't think of anything else, really, that I would talk about uh, there. No, I'm good. So time for our ratings. Our ratings. What are we going to give this? Let's start with Megs. Um, I didn't hate it. Um. I liked the way it was shot. I, I liked how it got me thinking about Samantha's character. Um, I don't have any overwhelming urge to watch it again, though. <laughs> you guys are so strong up on the when I watch it again. Well, no, because if I really enjoy it, I could assume at some point I will want to watch well, it again. Let me give you an example, though. Just, just, I'm, I'm sorry, I have, I'm interpreting your, your, your verdict. Schindler's List. Mm. You've seen it before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you The minute you watch it, are you dying to watch it again? 
Not dying to, but I will definitely. It's a, it's a watch bad it choice again. of, of, of verb bad, on my part, isn't it? Yes, it is. But, but I, know I wasn't. I wasn't trying to make a joke. In a few years' time, I I would probably okay. watch, watch it. Again. But it's the idea that I think some films you experience, and you go whew, powerful. But I don't know if I want to put that on again right now. No, I, I just I don't think I would. I, I think I'd be bored watching it again. We talking about her? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, there's a difference between this film was really, really powerful, but I don't want to watch it again because of the subject matter. It, and this film didn't hold my interest enough to what make it's me also, want to watch it again. And we've talked about this before, but there's something interesting about the pod that we do where we watch the film. For some cases, it's our first watch. For some cases, it's our fifth watch. And some films are without question a better first watch than, than, than a second watch. Mm. Some films second, on the flip side yeah. are better. But second time, like the prestige, I think, is one where when you watch it the second time, you appreciate a lot more of what, what goes into it. Well, with how my memory works, or Pulp Fiction. I, got, I got two first watches. There you go. I, I'd love to borrow that for a bit, because I'd love to watch it again <laughs> for the first time. But, you know, Little Miss Sunshine, just something like that first watch, you can't replicate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just wasn't one of those that struck me enough to be like, yeah. Do you know I don't what I mean? know if, because it's, 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 it's a slow burn. It is a it slow is, burn. So as a result, I don't know if I want to sign up to watch a slow burning at any no, time No, I, I, I like the whole idea of where the AI was going and, you know, what is she going to do? What is she going to be? What is she capable of? So I liked the conversations that it had me um, considering. Um, and it was well acted, so I can't rate it too low. Um, but it's, it's not going to be in a, like a, a top scoring for me. So I'm going to give it a, I will give it a seven alive cats. <laughs> All right. Georgia. Um, I finished this and kind of just sat quietly for a while. And a lot of films don't have that effect on me unless they go too far and then I turn on them. So this is an interesting combination of a film that made me have a strange emotional response to it but it wasn't too much that i turned on it which a lot of films don't manage to make that in in, when it's a when it's not like a a positive emotional response to it so this made me kind of go oh but not to the point that i was angry with it and wasn't able to appreciate it anymore so it's fall into its own little category of films that allow me to have i think what the response they wanted that i had a correct reading of this film but it wasn't too negative that I wasn't able to kind of still process it, which I found really interesting. Um, especially because it's a film about like emotions and connections and things. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this in a weird way. I liked the way that it set things up. I liked, I felt anxious at different points in this film. Like when they went up to the roof right at the end, I was really anxious because I thought something was going to happen. And then it didn't. And then it settled and became this kind of like, oh, okay, that's where this film is going. Mm -hmm. And actually it's focusing on the, for all of the AI in this film and technology in this film, the last shot is of two people. And I think that's really powerful. And I really liked that about it. And I'm glad that we had the podcast to unpack it because I think this is the sort of film where if you just watched it on a whim, it isn't as good as it is if you get to the chance to talk to people about it. Um, so I'm grateful of that as well. So yeah, no. And again, like the performance is good. It does fall apart a little bit where where it feels like it's been edited wrongly um but i can forgive some of that for the fact that the main storyline does still stand up quite well um so i'm gonna give it oh trying to think of a witty catchphrase eight safety pinned pockets out of ten there we go um 
Um, yeah, I'd like it to be longer, but it's, it's, it's always dangerous to do longer with a slow burn. <laughs> uh, how much stuff do you need? Um, I'm okay with the fact they trimmed it down to one main plot. Because uh, I don't think... If the subplots came up, I don't know. I, I, actually, you know what this reminds me of somewhat degree as well as Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Just this conceptual idea about relationships and what it means to know things and to be human. Um, it's interesting that he takes her by the hand, Amy, in the last uh, scene, and takes her up to the roof. And it's not the, it's, it's not the cabin. It's not the cabin in the woods in the wintertime. No. It's just the top of a building, but they have they, 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 they share a moment together. And something I think you said that was actually really salient, Georgia, is I think this is a movie that I'm really glad I got to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have carried it with me for a bit uh, anyway, but uh, I'm glad I got to unpack it. Now, it doesn't, it's not, there. there's holes isn't the right word, but there's just things about this movie that don't quite, the magic's not not there on that level. It shifts too much tonally for it to kind of feel like it it's reaches like some sort of level of equilibrium like it doesn't quite yeah mesh um yeah but i mean the themes that it comes up with are things i'll be thinking about uh you know what it means to be human what experiences are human and a large part of that means going out into the big by wide world and talking to people or being around people mm-hmm. and uh yeah as as, as much as i <laughs> As much as uh, technology has made our lives, uh, the irony is the more technology comes into our lives, the less and we're able to communicate. Like this generation should be the best at communicating of any generation ever because we've had more interactions with other people in in communication than any group ever. Not face-to-face But not face-to-face. And so as a result, yeah. as a result, people can't speak face-to-face. You've no. got a generation of people who are afraid to go talk to a cashier. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what do you do and in, a, in a world where you f- you know you flick left or you flick right how do you go up to the to the to the, the pretty girl at the coffee shop and say hi <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so um uh, i appreciate a film that makes me think about themes like this it's interesting hermes did that big long thing this is usually how i feel after a hermes pick yeah is conversations like this where i'm thinking about big questions so uh i'm going to give this Eight and a half minutes, I was freaking out that my uh, OS was down. Because <laughs> she's talking to 8,000 other guys and breaking up Oh, with them. my gosh. Out of 10. No, I really like this, but it doesn't hit, to hit a nine. There's got to be some magic in there. Uh, there's not magic in here, but it's not the right kind of magic in here. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling the magic, but I did appreciate it. Yeah, I think I appreciate the, the, the philosophies. Something's just maybe it's Walking Phoenix is just really low. Not that he, it can't be a big shouty movie. It can't be that thing. No. But just sometimes you put all the all the elements in, and they can be done as correctly for this film as possible, and it comes out as an eight and a half. I and that's okay. I don't think there is a version of this film that gets to me. This film can't get above probably a nine because for for me to have for it to be a be- my best film ever because that is what it is. It is completely subjective. The feeling you don't, you don't, you don't have a scorecard that's been laid out here. We went. Can you imagine? For like this isn't the sort of film I want to be the best film because it is quite cynical. For me, that is never going to be a ten because of the tone of it. And you can say well, oh, about okay. other films, but I just don't think I could. I'm open to be being proven wrong, but for me it needs to at least have some hope and some warmth in it. Oh, really? Which I think... That has to be there. I think so. Okay. Because the end 
did the tiniest bit of it, but it wasn't enough to push it up any I further. Just, I'm curious to get Meg's thoughts on this. I used to be able to walk out of a theater going, I've undergone an experience that I'm carrying with me. This film has affected me. It can be positive. My heart was singing when I walked out of The Muppets in yeah. 2011 and went, oh my God, everything I wanted this film to do, it did, it did and surpassed it. Like I yeah. did not, and I was so joyous. And then I think about Little Miss Sunshine, the first time I watched that, and I was, again, in this weird cathartic place. Yeah. But then I came out of the prestige, and I was sitting there going, my, my, my brain is fried. What have I just experienced? And I'm unpacking that. So as long as I have a big reaction as I come out, I don't care if it's cynical or if it's, or if it's uh, heartfelt, as long as it's taken me on a place that, you know, especially as I get older and I've seen many, many movies and Megs was saying last week with gangster films, you know, I didn't, I thought they were going to kill De Niro in the first couple of minutes. So yeah, I went, nah, I've seen this. <laughs> They're setting up something later in the film and I never once bought into it, but Megs was 100% in. So as I get older and I become more experienced with these forms of storytelling, I appreciate it more if they can take me somewhere, not a twist, but just something that makes me care. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, you're, you're allowed to be, I'm just, I'm just explaining my side of it. Yeah, That's yeah. all, yeah. I think if I was watching it without knowing I was going to discuss with you guys, I don't think I would have had as big a, like a discussion with myself about it. I would have just been like, uh. but so I get, I got more out of the discussion and, and knowing that I had to discuss it, I was thinking about things as I was watching it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, and I, if, if, if I was just watching it sort of on my own without any need to, I don't think I would have connected with it because you much she might pick up the phone and you might take a look at what I, and these things happen don't they yeah yeah so um there we are um let's just uh, one more time i want to thank i'm gonna try and do this in a breath here i want to thank julian hermes james guzman kirsty lena oberholzer and Ian davies chris peterson randall silva Dwayne smith, Dwayne smith. the yeetmeister reverend bruce nate the great andy dixon cheesy with a fish on a bike richard ryan kukets Dirk, Shyberger, freud and stew from the swo and norfolk thomas well done it's two breaths when you say Dwayne smith i can sneak a Dwayne smith. <laughs> so as as it grows i may have to re- relocate where Dwayne smith is in the roster to, to, give, my, the to give me a <laughs> equidistant is that what you, you call it so it's the same on both yeah, sides yeah. yeah so let's go ahead and talk about what we're oh but by the way if you want to be on that list of people thank you keep the lights on it's patreon.com slash bfe we kept it simple for you now let's talk about what we're doing next week we're turning the recording thing on <laughs> right now you just reminded me <laughs> there we go um next week we're gonna do our third and i'm guessing final it's weird to think about finals at least until we does something <gasps> equally on. as good i can can i guess i bet you're wrong oh third and final <laughs> yeah so it's a set of three no oh i think it'll be our third and final film we do from this director on the pod oh okay because we've done the gentleman we've done snatch but we're gonna go back to guy Ritchie's first film he did lock stock in two smoking barrels yes <laughs> <laughs> I also want things to feel real. <laughs> For a minute, I went, oh, she really likes it. I went, oh, wait, hang on. I know what this hang is. Hang on a second. This is, this is Meg's taking a note. That's why I like directing Meg's. Meg's takes... Meg's takes What's that better? She, she, yeah, we'll, we'll work on the authenticity <laughs> we'll of it. Yes. it. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. it. <laughs> it's the right word. Let's just figure out how we're going to say it next time. <laughs> so, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Sting is in this movie. The rock star Sting. So, there we go. Fabulous. 
You're familiar with, with stock and two smoking barrels? Have you seen that before? No. I've heard of it. Are either of you here? It makes me think of the trick-or-treaters in Nightmare Before Christmas. Are either of you here next week? Stock and something else. Yeah. Sorry. Are either of you here next week? I don't think so. Oh, no. I'm um, not sure. I imagine I, I, I can be, but I'll I'm not check. 100% sure yet. All right. I think I have a double. Nah, oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> now, let me know how it's going and we'll figure something out. Um, okay. But I'll be here, folks. So we'll be here next week to talk about the Guy Ritchie film, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, I just don't know how to end this. I've got one idea, and uh, I imagine someone wouldn't like it. So I'm trying to find a different version of <laughs> Huh? Is it about cats? Definitely not. No, definitely really not. No, definitely really uh-huh. not. Uh, oh, jeez, I don't know what to do with this one. <laughs> it's such a strange movie. Should I, you... ask, should I ask an AI to give me a, an end? You know what? That thing. sounds yeah, pretty... Give that's me... a good idea. You want to look it up and then and then pass me the phone and we'll do it like that? Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. That feels only right. I give me a second. I've got to find well. something. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and we'll see uh, which one of the ones is the best um. here. Uh, I don't know how to phrase what I'm asking it for. Uh, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask mine. So which ones are we doing? Are we all doing different ones? I'm doing Google. Okay, I'll do Gemini. That's what I'm doing. Oh, okay, sorry. I'll do ChatGPT. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if it... I'm going to ask for give me a funny close. I'm going to ask it to give me a funny closing line. Uh, log in. I think I've got it. I've got the app already. Just, just open it. My, mine has not helped. He's just telling me about what the film is about. Give me a funny end line for a podcast about the movie Her. <laughs> what have you got? I've got several different options depending on uh, which which tone you want. I got oh. a good. I got a good one here. Yeah, so I'll pass you that to see. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll just do the. Maybe if you listen to the end, folks, you'll get all three of these. There's like four different options that Google Gemini has given me. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, <Ooh. laughs> you got something? I've got, well, the, the bottom one made me go, haha, that's quite funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just do this three different. Well, I'll do a little. Dun, 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 dun. We'll do three <laughs> goes at the end line, shall we? <laughs> So just sort of oh, follow my lead here, okay? So uh, so please join us next time when we tackle the Guy Ritchie film that started it all, Lockstock and Two Smoking Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. That's the name of the film. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> For best film ever, my name's Ian. I'm Megan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and what's the only difference between an AI girlfriend and a real girlfriend? With the AI girlfriend, you know that she's faking it. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> the flippity flip a flop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'll try and get back. back to the other side of that one all right so for best film ever uh been Ian. i've been megan and i've been georgia hey and so was her a love story between a man and an ai or just a really fancy customer service uh call gone wrong you decide until next time keep it weird folks we'll catch you on the flippity flop the flippity flip flop so, for Best Film Ever, my name's Ian. I'm Megan. And I'm Georgia. And remember, folks, if your AI starts asking for a software upgrade, it might be time to reassess your relationship status. We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop. Flippity-flop.